What's up dudes? Welcome to Merck Space. Recently I sat down with my cousin Mark Wilshire, West End actor and photographer, to discuss his career on the stage. With such credits as Shit Shitty Bang Bang, Carousel, Starlight Express, Ghost the Musical, Bodyguard the Musical, Leading Man in Never Forget the Musical based on the songs to take that, and most recently his role in Waitress the Musical on the West End stage, Mark has had quite the career and lots of stories to tell. So why don't you go and put the kettle on, grab an entire packet of biscuits, and join me and Mark as we delve into working with celebrities, traveling the world, COVID, auditioning, training, and of course, discuss the importance of wonking. So without further ado, here it is, Mark Wilshire, A Life on the Stage. I'm still annoyed about your post on Facebook about soul winning over onward. Don't do seriously. Like I was like I was I was like half asleep because I was like I go going to sleep when they were talking about the boring stuff, and then I was like, okay, okay, I'm listening, I'm listening, and um, and I was like, I know it's gonna happen, but it shouldn't happen, and then it did happen. I was just like, no, it's a crime. I'm going back to sleep. Don't now. get me wrong. Like <laughs> visually, Soul was beautiful because each yeah. time Disney Pixar and whoever's doing it, each time they make one, like it gets better and better. And it does like the next one out, which is out on Friday is Raya and the uh, Dragon. Yes. Raya and the Last Dragon. And it looks incredible. Like the hair on it. There's a there's a scene in the trailer where there's water going up the stairs and the water looks incredible. Um, so, I mean, of course, like visually, Soul was absolutely beautiful. And there were some great uh, vocal performances in it. But yeah, the story was just a bit kind of like, eh. Yeah, I, I I wasn't really enjoying it. And then I sort of picked it up a bit more at the end. But I mean, onward the whole way through, I was just like... Yeah, loved it. Watched it loads yeah. of times, got three Funko Pops for it. Yeah, oh yeah, of course you are. Yeah, yeah I've watched it twice now. And I'm telling everybody at work to watch it. And there's so many people that haven't even heard of it, which is Oh, no, it's so... Yeah, but it, it, this is why. And it's probably another reason why Soul won over Onward is because Onward came out just as um, the pandemic was heating up and everything was shutting down so we literally saw it at the cinemas on the 6th of march no oh, sorry did? not 6th of march um uh, like the 11th of march something and then yeah you know like a week and a half later we were in lockdown so yeah no i watched it on on disney plus because i think we got disney plus a bit early and uh, i just watched it on that so yeah missed the cinema but yeah anyway we'll talk about stuff later yeah. Sure. Tonight we're talking about you, Mark Wilshire. This is your life. <laughs> life. Where's the red book? The red book. Yeah. Oh, damn, I totally should have got a red book. I'll do that. <laughs> Inspiration for the future. Um. So welcome back to Thank my you. space. Welcome to my space. Um. So tonight we're talking about you and your career. Um. So let's just take it all the way back. And how did it all begin? What was your inspiration? What made you decide to get into acting? Um, well, basically, I think when I was around, um, I think it was about seven years old, um, always obviously used to like sing and dance around the house and stuff and everything. And a lot of my family knew it. And my auntie came to my uh, mum one day and just said, look, we know Mark loves to have a little sing and dance around the house and stuff. Like, would he be up for doing... Um, performing in this local dance school's um, show like they need boys so would he be up for it um, I don't actually remember the specific moment that my mum asked me but you know I obviously said yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did that I think that was over the course of a few months uh, resulting in a sort of one week uh, of performances and I, I and I 
And this bit, I clearly remember being in the Blackpool Opera House, eh, not the Opera House, sorry, the, the Grand Theatre, yeah. and in the corridors at the end of the week, saying to my mum and dad, I've enjoyed this so much, I want to do lessons. Cool. And that was it, really. I sort of did lessons from about seven. Uh, and then when I sort of hit high school, I switched dance schools um, and sort of progressed onwards, um, got to about 14 years old. You know, just as you start to take GCSEs mm. and then they start going, oh, well, you know, if you have good GCSEs, then, you know, that that can give you good choices for your A-levels. And I was like, A-levels? What? <laughs> I don't want to sit behind a desk for another two years after this. Like I'm, I oh, want to perform. I'm bored as it is. And at that point, I was like, "That's what I want to do. I want to be, yeah. um, I want to be a performer." And it was around that time that I knew that I wanted to do it. I'd had a bit of a taste earlier on as a kid, like working mm. professionally and stuff. So, I, you know, I knew a little bit what what it was about. Um, I never really looked back, to be honest. As soon as I knew at that point, like don't get me wrong I kept my head down and I and I got my GCSEs like I needed to yeah and um, but just and and by then uh, I, I'd already been accepted into a, a performing arts college so it wasn't a sort of like well we'll see how you're doing the GCSEs and then we'll take it from there it was I was going so yeah awesome so um that was that was later on though so you, you already done stuff when you were younger as a kid on yeah, stage right. so um starting out with panto and then gradually go into Oliver. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Probably one of the best summers of my life. Uh, well, of my young life, that like being 12 years old and, and sort of going away to London and stuff. That sounds pretty horrible. I did miss my mum and dad and I'm sure they miss me. Um, but it was quite tough at first because I had to go away for like a full month uh, when it was rehearsals and stuff. And you can imagine as a 12 year old, like never really gone, gone out of Blackpool unless you've gone with your mum and dad for like yeah. a day or on holiday or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're going, by the way, you're going to you're going to move in with like three other strangers and a chaperone for four <laughs> for four weeks. And it was like, what? Um, so, you know, once I initially got over that, it was just an incredible experience to be in that sort of work in that sort of professional way, even though it's slightly different as a kid. But it was yeah. it's a level up from what you, when you do your dancing school shows and everything. Oh, yeah. um, and then I met some brilliant friends like, you know, I, as you can imagine, as a sort of 11, 12 year old boy being a, a singer and a dancer. Um, obviously, I got a little bit bullied at school. Yeah not bullied picked on because yeah. if anyone started a fight I'd probably fight back so it wasn't like I was you know <laughs> I wasn't looking for a fight but you yeah. know if anyone I'd stick up for myself if I I'd, I'd try and stick up for myself so um yeah as you can imagine then going over and doing a show with loads of other lads of a similar age than me and like we're like oh my god like I'm I'm not being teased or bullied about what I love and do you know so doing that and then like working with some of the incredible performers and everything and um was a, just a ridiculous experience as a kid and it still makes me smile when I think about it like to the day you know because it it was just not every kid gets that you know um I mean they might get it in other ways but like for me that was just such a great experience it took me a long time to get over that <laughs> I mean yeah I mean that's massive at that at that age I mean Obviously, I went to boarding school for like a year, so I got a little bit of an insight into how you felt. But yeah, I, I mean, a whole summer then away, well, four weeks away from from mum and dad with people you didn't even know. That's I mean, that was crazy. the initial rehearsal point, like that with the four weeks. And then it was literally like week on, week off, week on, week off. 
So you go home for a week and then go up back for a week. Up and down okay. the train, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's so cool because that meant you met, you know, you made all these friends and you got to know, you know, people that were like you as well. And you know, it wasn't just just yourself feeling that way. But I suppose it was really great to work alongside adults as well and, yeah, and, and learn from them. That's yeah, definitely. I think I did a bit with Ruthie Henshaw, Sonia Swaby. Cool. Um, I was trying to think who else was in it. Um, Julie Allen of Brighton was just before she took off as because um, she was the original Belle in Beauty and the Beast that was at the Dominion. Wow. And actually, my my dad um, surprised me with some tickets to meet her because I had a massive crush on her as a twelve. <laughs> Bless her, and she was so lovely as well. I remember, like, as a you know, as a twelve-year-old kid going as we're about to leave the show and like, that's it, your time on the show's over. Like, I was like, I want to get pictures of everyone. And I kept asking for a picture and she was like, I'm really busy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, she knew I had a bit of a crush on her. Um, But then bless her. She was like, look, give me your camera and then I'll take some pictures. And then when you get it developed, you can see them. And like, so like you imagine like days after getting them developed and then she'd taken pictures with a little sign saying bye Mark and a little sort of crying. I was like, oh. That is so cute. What a nice person. I'm trying to think who else um, would have been it that, that sort of might not have necessarily been as known then, but took off. Yeah. I think, funnily enough, though, I I did... Um, one of the adults in Oliver at the time ended up being in my first ever job as, as an adult professional. Oh, wow, cool. And we were talking, like, days in... First few days into rehearsals and, you know... He was like, oh, you must have done performing before as a kid. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, I did Oliver. And he was like, oh, I did Oliver. And he, I was like, oh, I did it then. And he went, I did it then as well. And he was like, oh, no, like, you, how old be then? I was like, 12. You made me feel so old. <laughs> but actually, he's really good friends with me now. Um, I was um, I was a, 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 gr- a grimsman at his wedding. Um, oh. And he was a grimsman at mine as well. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah. See, that's so what's that's so incredible. great about, about, you know, in that world, you know, you meet all these different people and you build all these bonds. Must be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Lots of ins and outs, and s- some people stick for whatever reason, and, and some you can get on with brilliantly, and then you yeah. just never really hear from again. It, it's quite strange in that sort of way. Yeah, I can definitely imagine. Uh, so, it was there like any specific things you remember learning and what watching the older the older people, the the adults, and learning specific things from them? Um, do you know what? No, not that they didn't teach me anything or or anything like that, but it's just that it was very much you were kept away yeah yeah I just went to the stage like just before you were supposed to be on the stage and like you only ever really saw the adults on the stage yeah um you I mean you might see them walking around the corridors it's not like you would go and hang out with them or anything you know it's it was very much yeah. keep the kids separate kind of thing you know yeah I I've, that, I've yeah. been in shows as well where I've been the adult and the big kids and it's I mean I so I know what it's like on that side so I will pay attention to them and I'll say hey guys how's it going da, 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 da. but you also in at the same time don't want them hanging around you because no. you know words slip out that shouldn't do and everything yes. and you, kids don't need to learn them so no yeah exactly yeah when me and mum did the panto the year and um, again it's the same then the kids all kind of hung out in their own little place and sometimes they try and, try and tag along bless them <laughs> yeah there's always a few tries yeah yeah they do want to learn bless them it's sweet um, so what do you think was, you know, your, what would you call your big break really? Would you say it was Oliver or, or Bugsy or later on? Um, depends what you you mean by a big break, really. I mean, just fantastic to do Oliver. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. incredible, but then 
Bugsy Malone was a great opportunity to work with. And and again, oh, lifelong that. friend there, like one of the guys that I met on that and got on with really well, because we then did another show together with the MYMT. Um, he's still like one of my best mates now. Um, we, we had a period of, of where we just didn't speak to each other. We found each other on Facebook and had a little bit of a conversation again. But then we both had our very first audition for Ghost together. Oh, wow. And, and it was literally like we picked up exactly where we left off and then we worked together and then we've just been in touch ever since. He was supposed to be in my wedding as a groomsman, but he ended up having to, he was directing a show and couldn't get out of it. Oh man, that sucks. He was there in spirit, I'm sure. I I was a groomsman at his wedding though. It was friendship way, you know, you just pick up straight where you left off and it's like no time has passed. That's really nice. That's brilliant. I love that. I love that. Um, Let me think. So um, that was when you were younger. So did you do any stuff during school time when you were a kid or was it all just during the summer? As in like school shows? No, like as in like, were you like off doing stuff when you should have been like at school? Was all, Were all those shows just during the summertime? No, no, yeah. That, a lot of those times it was, um, it was during school time. During so school. say for example, um, when I did Oliver, mm-hmm. um, it, it, there was like about four or five week period maybe where we were still in school term time. It was like the last term uh, of the year. So uh, during the days we had to go to Sylvia Young Theatre School and they did a thing where they split the week. So the first three days was academics and the the, um, next couple of days were sort of like, you know, dance, singing, acting, all that sort of stuff. So we went to a couple of those. When I did Bugsy Malone, um, that was in school time as well. And basically I got put up with this family who lived in Brighton and I had to go to the, the guy who was in the show with me. Uh, it was his family that I was staying with. Like right. I had to go to his school. That's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> like, turn up as this random person. They're like, and I had to go to the same lessons as him, even though he was a year above me. So I turned up with like a year, the, like the year above me and had, to, I had my own work to do, but I had yeah. to be in their classes. That's um, interesting. I, I don't, I don't remember it ever being like troubling, but I, I always look back and go, that was weird. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a foreign exchange student. <laughs> this random kid in the corner. Well, Blackpool is quite foreign, isn't it? So. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um. So, yeah, um, yeah. well, I suppose, did you do any stuff in school then? You must have done some school shows. Yeah, I had to, because my mum wouldn't not let me. Yeah. My mum would always say, don't just, don't, like, she was like, don't you think you're better than them? Like because the teachers used to ask me to do stuff and I'd be like oh I don't know and it wasn't in a for me it wasn't like a I'm too good for it it was like yeah I don't want to put myself out there yeah as a 12 year old lad who who's good at singing and dancing and and I ended up doing loads of stuff because I like the music teacher at, at my school uh took a shine to me and stuff and like really helped me out with stuff so I'd go and hang out in the music room at lunch breaks and stuff when it was winter um uh, so like she'd go oh, Mark we just want you to um, sing something at assembly and you're like oh god I think one of the worst moments of doing shows at, um, at school was we did Sound of Music and yeah. the very first performance we did it was like oh we're going to test out the performance in front of year eight which was my year at the time and I was like oh for god's sake like <laughs> no <laughs> and I played Rolf and I had there's the moment where he pulls out the right near the end where Rolf pulls a gun out and Captain Von Trapp yeah. and he's like no don't move any further I'm going to shoot I'm going to shoot 
and I put I, the the gun prop that I had was a plastic gun with one of those red ends. You know the ones mm-hmm. I mean. So yeah. I, no, 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 don't move. I'll shoot. I'll shoot. Pulled the gun out. Everyone in my ear like ah, brilliant. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. But yeah. And then there was like a couple of times in like assemblies where I'd sing and stuff. And actually, um, like one time I remember singing Robbie Williams' Angels in an assembly. I think I was in about year 10 or 11 then. Mm-hmm. And actually a couple of the lads who were like, you know, the lads. Yeah. A couple of them came up to me and went, respect, mate. Well done. You sounded good, and because I, I like they're coming towards me, and I'm going oh, like, what are they going to say now? I'm like, and I'm ready. I'm like, are they going to go at me? Like, you know, do I need to protect myself or whatever? And they were like, well done, mate, really good. Like, respect, massive respect. And you're like, nice. All right, cheers, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is so funny actually because when I um, I used to get so much stick at school and everything, and now like it's obviously years later, and if yeah. like sometimes I see lads that I not uh, that I went to school with that gave me jip like if I go to like Blackpool games or anything with my dad now and they'll be like mate it's Mark Wilshire how are you oh I see you're doing really well mate oh and they're like really friendly and like interested in what I'm doing which you know it's part of you lock like locks into that sort of how they were at school and you kind of go well people do grow and and grow up and whatever so it it, even though it was a bit weird it was kind of like okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no I know what you mean because you know I've, I've had that kind of thing as well with people that you didn't get on with necessarily at school or who are the the popular crowd and then you meet up with them later and it's like okay we're adults now <laughs> we're adults now we can all be yeah, a bit yeah more exactly. sure. oh that, that's that's quite nice that's cool so when you went off and uh you know you didn't do your levels you went went to theatre school where was yeah. it that you went so I trained at Lane Theatre Arts which is okay. in Epsom um best like the best three years that absolutely yeah. made one of my best friends for life. Like, um, have some other really, really, really good friends. Um, again, 16 years old, going away, spending that time away. But I, man, was I excited. It was, Imagine. I was about to go and do what I wanted to do. And I was going to be around everyone else who was doing it. Like, and I, and I really sort of started to find myself really, um, yeah. you know, because, when when you're at, when you're at normal school you know I, i'm not going to turn around and go like whilst i'm in the middle of playing football on the field at lunch break and go mate have you heard that new um that new song from wicked like blah blah blah. <laughs> i don't think wicked was out then but you know what i mean like yeah you no know, they'd be like what <laughs> but whereas like you know you can talk about normal things with the lads that i went to at college not that everyone was lads there were there were some guys there who were gay in fact i think half of my year were actually yeah um you know, when you could turn around to people, you have normal conversations about normal things or sports or whatever with other lads. And then the next minute you're talking about, oh, you know, um, isn't that a beautiful song from that show or whatever, yeah. or, you know? So, and that, yeah, like I say, just around people and, and everyone understanding each other's love for performing and stuff. And it was, it was just brilliant. It was just a great time. I had such a good time. I learned so much. Like I worked hard. I like worked my ass off at college. Um, and I, and I got my rewards for it. Um, I was, I was a favorite at my college. Like, you know, when you go, when you, when you hear of people training at performing arts colleges, there's always like, Oh, were you one of the favorites in your year? And I was, but I wasn't someone who, um, just sat back and sort of like let it all come at me and just went oh well I'm gonna get this because you know I'm a favorite like I was always like 
I, I, there's a lot of people around me here and everyone's good. So I need to work hard. I need to work hard. And, and it came, but I would it still surprised me sort of thing, you know? So mm-hmm. I thought I'd actually made all this up in my head that I'd worked hard at college and, and not just sort of sat back and whatever. But then recently I went home and I saw my leavers book Aww. and so many people wrote, which actually it got me a little a bit emotional, actually. So many people like put in, in their message to me in my leavers book saying, um, you've worked so hard and you deserve everything that comes your way. Like, I, I don't think anyone else in the years worked any harder than you, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it, it kind of got me emotional. Number one, because that like, you know, to have that sort of admiration from your peers yeah. is, is great. And also emotional because I was like, I wasn't making it up. You know? No, yeah, just, just yeah. You deserved uh, like everything you got, all the success you got because you worked for it. Yeah, I did. I did a couple of pantos whilst I was there, like in the Christmas. I spent my first Christmas away from my family at sixteen. Oh my god! I got, I got a panto in Seven Oaks in Kent and had to suddenly like be away for Christmas. Um, you know, at sixteen years old and with this other family that and and everyone has their own routines on Christmas like day and stuff don't they and like to wake up in a house like and bless them I think they bought me a couple of presents just to sort of like keep me sweet but it wasn't the same yeah yeah (laughs) um that's so sweet so to 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 do that and then the next Christmas I spent away from my family again but at that point I'd really gotten to know some of my friends and we had such a, a great time you know I met some brilliant friends training and and we had such a good time like working hard together, sharing each other's joy, like picking each other up when we were down, yeah. you know, living on my own for the first time. Um, not in my first year, cause you weren't allowed to, if you were under 16, you weren't allowed to live on your own. Um, so mm-hmm. I lived with two other lads and a landlady who lived in <laughs> and she used to lock us out. She's going, if you weren't, if you're not back by 10 o'clock, we're locking you out. So we, I've, yeah. And you know, you're 16 and you're going away and like, we'd go to the pub every like Friday, yeah. probably actually probably every like Thursday and Friday, like in my first year, um, you know, and you, you don't want to be told you need to come home at 10 o'clock yeah. like, <laughs> and the door being locked. So we'd either go and stay at another landlady's house where our friends live. Cause she was just like, yeah, stay it's at mine. She had a massive house. Or like, you know, if someone was already in, back in you'd be like mate open the window and we'd have to climb up and that didn't happen too often with me but it did with the other lads but yeah and then and then in my second and third year I moved uh, moved in with um some of my year mates and 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 um yeah so I had my first taste of living on my own and looking after myself um I don't think I did too much of a bad job <laughs> probably not not too great now looking at like how I live and look after yeah. myself now looking but back, yeah doing, you know I was all right and I used to I used to tell the girls off that I live with. We live with, so there was three boys and two girls in the house mm-hmm. and the girls were terrible at not washing up. And I used to <laughs> tell them off all the time, got into massive arguments with them and they just leave their washing for me to wash it up. Uh, and, and that stupid as I was, like, most times I like pretty much all the time I do it. And then this one time I was like, I've had enough. They left the lasagna dish for like three weeks or something. Oh, and, I, and, I, and I was like, I'm leaving it for a few days. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. And I went to pick it up and I went, I'm not washing this. And I literally just on the spirit moment marched into their room with all of their dirty washing <laughs> in the room and went, wash it up because I'm sick and tired of looking at this. That's brilliant. Oh my God. They were annoyed with me, but they washed it up. But yeah. I don't think they ever like left it that long again. No. But- oh, that's so gross. That's ridiculous. I yeah. remember times like that at uni, at uni myself living with people who didn't clean up properly or, or um, one of my flatmates, um, they would, if your stuff was on the side as well, they would wash everybody's stuff. But um, 
this particular person would do just an awful awful job and you'd go to pick up like your glass let's say you had orange juice in it and it was still full of like you know bits of orange juice you know if you had juicy bits or like a fork would still have like a bit of sauce on it and you're like so I ended up putting a sign up on um, one of the cupboard doors in the kitchen saying please just leave my stuff I will wash it myself (laughs) I just had to do it again anyway it was gross yeah Fun times, living alone. But yeah, like literally getting to my the end of my third year and realize, realizing how much I'd achieved. And I was lucky enough to know that I was going on to my first job when I'd graduated. So you already had a job lined up? Had a job. Like we had Brilliant. about three or four weeks left of college, like which was essentially like the summer show, which is like the spectacle at the end of the year and a couple mm-hmm. of like assessment classes and open days and stuff mm-hmm. um, and our, our graduation. So leading up those four weeks, I already knew I was going on to a job. Um I mean, it still didn't stop me from working hard. It didn't shut yeah, me down yeah. and go, oh, okay, oh, that's it now. Don't care about college. Um, and, and I soaked up as much as I could of those last few weeks at college because I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel this way again. I don't know what it's going to be like when I get out there, like, yeah. you know. And, and I remember, so one of my best mates now, who's my best man at my wedding, um, he, was, he was in my year at college and we, um, we finished and he was like, mate, I'm not ready for this to be over. I was like, not even my, we were both like, ah. and then he was like, I'm coming to Blackpool. And I was like, what? He was like, I'm coming to Blackpool. So he came to Blackpool for like three or four days and like literally, like, yeah, literally like watching him drive off. Like he was like, I have to go. I've got to go and see my mum and dad or whatever. Like oh. I was like devastated because like that world that I'd been in for three years was, was of, of people and being in, in a comfortable sort of environment of, you know being able to be me yeah like in a performing way and everything and it was it was gone i yeah, mean it sounds very dramatic because you know it still kind of continues into the jobs and stuff that i've done but it's it's different yeah and, and those are the sort of people that i were around that understood me you know so yeah that was um that was tough i completely understand that so what was this job then so the first job I did was the UK tour of um, Carousel. Um, cool. Wait, sleep choreographed it. Wow. Um, I always forget meeting him for the first time. Never forget meeting him for the first time because he said something vile in the kitchen. I can't, <laughs> I can't repeat it on here. But let's just say it was very rude and very sweary <laughs> in, a, in a disgusting sexual way. Wow. That doesn't surprise me from what I've seen of him. He seems like a right character. Um, but he was he was fun and, and that was an experience and um you know just to get out there and be doing my first job and and I went for it because I worked hard on stage I played hard after the show you know we were out every night like yeah. even if it was just for are oh, you just going for one at the pub which was like four or five you know every night yeah. like literally for like you know months at a time and then you'd have a week off and then like from the show and stuff and um it was just great to be working out there and and my hard work was acknowledged there because I was given bits in the show to do that shouldn't have necessarily been for anyone in the ensemble uh, but I think the director fancied me a little bit <laughs> um, which worked out in my favour once because um, the night before our first preview we'd been out to the pub weirdly in Bromley which is where I used to live mm-hmm. um, and I'd only had four pints and at this point, you know, that was kind of like normal for me. But I was, I still to this day think someone spiked me. I was ridiculously rough. So I woke up the next day and we had 
uh, a technical rehearsal to finish off the show in the morning slash early afternoon, which then went into a dress run and obviously the very first preview. Mm-hmm. But I was rough in that technical rehearsal. I was sat there and, and my friend at the time was looking at me and he's going, mate, you need to stop looking like you're about to like throw up. You've got to look like you're alert. And I was like, I can't help it. I'm going to, and I had to disappear to the toilets and I disappeared for about half an hour because I was throwing up. Look like, but like the la- some of the lads and the girls were teasing me because they're like, you're so lucky that that director fancies you because oh my God. you'd be being fired if he didn't, you know. Um, anyway, I, it didn't stop me. I still went on stage like in for the first preview and right. I did my performance as hard as I could. And I was rough by the end of the night, celebrated with a couple of beers. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great first job to do, like tour around the country, have fun, meet some great people, like be on my first like professional show. Um, what an experience. I mean, touring around the country at that age as well. That's yeah, pretty it crazy. It was really good fun. And, and I mean, I ended up being Tina Tour because a lot of the shows that I did were on tour. Yeah. So that was sort of like my first taste and my my um almost like my first year of training for touring yes um uh, but it was good fun it was great fun and I, and I met I got luckily a couple of people I were trained with were in the show with me I met some new people like I said I met uh, two really good friends now who he was um he was part of my wedding I was part of his and the girl that I met on that show with him they obviously got married so um yeah it was really good it was a really good first job to have that's cool. A great launch, launching pad then. And then you went on to the first time I saw you in a show. Was it the first? Year. Was that really the first time? Yeah. Because yeah. Carousel came to Blackpool. I didn't that's see the, that. That's the only time that um, I've done a show that's gone to Blackpool. Really? And just and put and put a pin in that because um, I'll talk about that later when we get further down the line of another show. Okay. Um, Didn't wasn't yeah, so, goosebumps in Blackpool. That's why. Uh, yeah, about. as an I'm sorry, as, as an, an adult. adult. Yeah, as an adult. When I was fifteen, obviously. Yeah, because yeah, I remember you being. I remember goosebumps being on. I really wanted to come and see it, but for whatever reason, didn't get around to it. Yeah. No idea why. Didn't <laughs> see you in Carousel, but yeah, we came all the way to Edinburgh. See you in Edinburgh. Went to Edinburgh, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you took us to some like fancy club afterwards, and I was like, oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> Oh, do you remember where it was? Because there's oh, quite God, a few. No. I mean, I'm I love so Edinburgh. Young. I've toured. I've toured a lot in Edinburgh, so there's a, there's a lot of cool places that I know. But um, yeah, I'm really. Don't I mean, that's where. a great place to come, Edinburgh. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I love Edinburgh now. Um, I mean, that was my first time there, um, and then I hadn't been again until the past couple of years, and now it's an amazing city. Absolutely yeah. amazing. It's so. probably one of the first, uh, Edinburgh and Manchester are the first two venues I look for. If I'm in a tour and we get the schedule through it, I go, are we in Edinburgh? Are we in uh, Manchester? When are we in Edinburgh? When are we in Manchester? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> Great. And and it, you get to learn that there's places like Edinburgh where you can just get some beautiful, beautiful digs and you've got to get in fast. So like, it, it doesn't matter if it's like right at the end of the tour, I'll go Edinburgh book now, Manchester book now. So yeah, yeah but imagine. um. I mean, Mamma Mia, at the time, I don't know if it's been beaten since, but at the time, like, I think about a quarter of a million people came to see the show in Edinburgh, Mamma Mia. Um, And I remember at one point, um, like, people were touting tickets outside for, like, a grand because it it was just impossible to get a ticket at the time, yeah. Um, It was, 
Yeah, what a run. And and the Ed- even though Edinburgh's like posher than uh, Glasgow, like the Edinburgh audience were just incredible. Imagine to, like performing to like nearly three and a half thousand people every single night for three That's months. Insane. Obviously I mean, not Sundays. But... You could feel it. Like I just remember we were in the circle and just remember like everybody was jumping <laughs> at the end. Yeah, and it was you just see it from the stage. You could oh see it from God. the stage. That's scary, but oh, it was one of the best <laughs> the best nights ever. Yeah. It it's a great, amazing. great show to watch. Like so fun, um, and it was fu- it was fun to be in. It was it was really fun to be in. Um, that was just an amazing tour. Um, we we opened in Dublin at the uh, what is now the O2, I think. Might be something else now. Basically, like it was called the um, the Point Theatre then, which is it's a massive one right uh, at, at sort of the end of the river. Um, and we did three months there, open up there. We had an opening night party at the Guinness factory, basically the whole of the Guinness factory um, uh, to ourselves in that press night. And my mum and dad came actually. And here's me going, I'm not really sure I want mum and dad to come to the press night party. Cause like, you know, you want to get a bit drunk. And I was like, oh, I don't want to really get drunk in front of them. And actually they got more drunk than me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so we we did the initial three months in, in um, Dublin and then we spent three months over Christmas in Edinburgh which was just incredible spending Christmas time there because it's such a beautiful place and as you can imagine Christmas time's even more beautiful and then got to experience Hogmanay like I was out on the street on Princess Street on New Year's Eve in the crowds like with the fireworks and everything which was just an incredible experience and then it just went crazy then because we went after Edinburgh we spent uh, just uh, about two months in South Africa so what? we did yeah i know we did three weeks in joburg and then this was the best bit between joburg and cape town uh, we had three days off uh, so we so we basically we we flew to cape town from joburg and then we had day one day two day three off and then had to be in the the conference center where we were doing the show mm-hmm. and in day two was my 21st birthday oh. <laughs> i got to spend my 21st in cape town Um, you know I mean admittedly I spent the morning under a rock at the top of Table Mountain because I bricked myself and didn't want to abseil down Table Mountain (laughs) so I lost 25 quid but um yeah the afternoon and the evening we we went on a sunset cruise on this charter um like cruise uh boat not it's not like a not imagining like a cruise ship cruise ship but it, you know like one of those yeah. posh like yacht cruise things yeah I know what you mean. So we're like four hours on a sunset cruise just having an incredible experience with that and then we moved on to Durban and then we went to places like uh, Tallinn in Estonia uh, we went to like Brussels uh, Paris spent three weeks in Paris um it was just an amazing an amazing like to go to come out of carousel and going that was a great show like you know wow what a, what a com- uh, what a sort of year to have and what a job to have how lucky am I and then I like stepped onto Mamma Mia and was just like oh my god it's even better oh, so, even better. so amazing you know I mean getting paid to travel as well like yeah, you see in the world can't moan that's cannot moan. like you know not everyone gets to do that with their job not everyone gets to do a job they love yeah. and then on top of that you're doing a job that you love and seeing the world and getting paid for it and and that sort of was a little bit of a reoccurring theme throughout my career as we go on. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that was that was a, a great one to do. And I was just like, wow, this international touring is quite cool. I mean, did you did you get a lot of off time to go and um, investigate the areas? Absolutely, yeah. Did loads of sightseeing and stuff like that. Lisbon as well. We went to as well. Sorry. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff like that. Like we even um, so sometimes like some of us were chosen to. Um, like if we had like a week off or a couple of days off in between going from one country to another, some people would jump ahead uh, and you'd go and do promotion on a, something like, you know, that mm -hmm. country's equivalent of the voice or, or, yeah. um, you know, something. Uh, and this one time we were doing a promotion and at the end we'd finished it and the, and the local producer there was like, Hey, um, I can get us into the Alanis Morissette concert if you just want to come. Uh, I mean, I mean, I knew I knew who Alanis Morissette was, but I wasn't like a nerd of a music. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, let's go. That's awesome. Free you know, and then we were just getting like, oh, we can get you into this club for free and everything, and like, and then you're marching into these VIP areas and you're just giving, you know, and being given free alcohol and stuff without. And, and feeling like a VIP, but definitely feeling like an imposter because I'm like, I'm not a VIP. This is, and you people like staring at you, who are they, who are they, who are they? And like, I'm literally no one, don't That's worry. Um, but yeah, we, we got to see a lot of places and do a lot of things and uh, definitely went to Disneyland when we were in Paris. That had to be done because I always, cool. always wanted to go as a kid and, and never got the opportunity. So as soon as I knew we were going to Paris, I was like, Disneyland! <laughs> I marched around the whole day with a giant goofy hat on my head like yes. like a 10 year old boy <laughs> you've got to you've got to have ears or a hat or something absolutely like that. absolutely and i would do it again now <laughs> that's brilliant what do you think's your favorite place you've been to on tour over the years over the years yeah <sighs> it's a hard one yeah it is i i i would say cape town uh, sorry south africa was an incredible experience yeah. I mean, did safaris and stuff and everything, yeah. and just uh, yeah. I'm I and we almost got the chance to go to Cape Town again and and take. I wanted to take Laura because my best mate was getting married out there because his wife's South African. They did the legal stuff here and then wanted the ceremony and stuff out in South Africa. And I was like, great, I booked the time off, but um, my the job that I was doing at the time in the end um, wouldn't let me go in the end. So it was so instead of being in Cape Town for um you know uh our, our week off that time we were in sheffield oh my god what <laughs> a little a bit different. but yeah probably south africa and then um toronto as well spent three and a half months in toronto and just what a city such a cool city which um sort of uh rekindled my love with basketball as well because i got to go and see the toronto raptors and stuff but yeah so yeah, it's between South Africa and Toronto, but I think South Africa will probably just pip it for the, the experiences that we had over yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it's probably somewhere you may never have gone to. If, no way. No, you don't think of going that. there. You don't think of going to South Africa there on days. holiday, do you? No. <laughs> I mean, it's somewhere I would always have liked to have gone, but my mum just says I'm not allowed to go. <laughs> it's too dangerous now. I mean, it's like anywhere, really. There's always going to be danger areas. And as long as you keep yourself safe and don't put your, give yourself like any opportunity to be put into bad situations, yeah. then you should be okay. We were yeah. like warned profusely about um, Joburg and Cape Town, like always mm -hmm. be alert. Don't leave things lying around. Da -da 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 -da. And we got through it and nothing happened to anyone. We went to um, um, Durban and like literally like three days in, 
two people from the cast got mugged in two separate areas and you're just like because they let their guards down yeah of course that's the thing it doesn't matter where you are put yourself into like you know situations then um hopefully you shouldn't be in those situations yeah exactly exactly so after one meal you went on chitty chitty bang bang which is pretty awesome i didn't know you were in that (laughs) i never knew you did that Oh, what a, what a show. It wasn't one of my favourite jobs, I've got to really? be honest. Really? Why not? Yeah, because I'd, I'd sort of come off the height of doing my first job in Carousel, like getting getting some, like, um, notice in it because I was given, you know, sections of songs and lines and stuff and everything and, and had, yeah. had a little bit of opportunity to shine, which I I absolutely loved because I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm not, it's going to be a few years before I get any opportunities to shine because I'm only just coming out of college, you know, and there's a sort of kind of hierarchy and yeah, that sort of thing. Of so I, I did that with Carousel and then Mamma Mia playing Eddie and, and being, you know, one of the, I think we were called semi-principals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the part that I played. Um, or semi-prinnies, as uh, some industry people like to call them, prinnies. Wow. <laughs> Prin- principals, I know. Um <sighs> So, so off the back of doing Carousel and then Mamma Mia, I want, I was, that was it. I was like, you know, give me more, give me more responsibility, blah, 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 blah. And that just wasn't there in, in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I was in the ensemble. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just that I wanted more. Yeah. And we literally, you know, within about three days of doing the show, like actually getting to the point of doing proper performances um, I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to stay on this show because there was talk already of going, oh, it's going to tour for like maybe another two years after this. I was like, mm. abs- three days in, I was like, no. Absolutely. Oh, wow. It's a I lovely show it. and it's a nice show to watch. And the car was great. You know, it, the car was a great experience. Although I have to say there were some shows where the, sh- the car didn't work and we literally had to be singing like, oh, you pretty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang, bang pointing and gest- uh, gesticulating to a car that wasn't there. Oh, um, not even there at all. Or it, or it wouldn't fly. And you're singing about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang flying and you're like pretending to look up and it's just there on the on the floor of the stage. And you're like, oh man, yeah. technology. Awkward. It'll be all right on the night. <laughs> or not. But it, it that was a different kind of tour for me because we did like a couple of months in each venue. I'd been used to oh, either wow. being, you know, a week in every single venue mm. or you know, uh, in, uh, in in Mamma Mia, we were going, f- like we were settled in Edinburgh for three months, settled in Durban for three months, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, um, Dublin. And then we was like switching in and out of countries and stuff, excuse me. Um, so that was different. But this one was like, you know, we were in each venue for like two months and it was like, it was just a bit draggy because I wasn't enjoying the show as much. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. UK as I well. still did always what I've always done. Like just because I didn't necessarily enjoy the show, I still gave everything. Yeah, of course. Stage. Um, but yeah, I was happy to see that one go. <laughs> Fair enough then. Well, moving <laughs> swiftly off from that, <laughs> onto Starlight yeah. Express, which is the next show I saw you in. Yes. Oh, was... You saw some in Plymouth, didn't you? I did, because that's where yeah, I was yeah. at uni. And me and Uncle Andrew came to see you. Um, and I just realised before when I was like, oh, I'll wear my Jeff Goldblum t-shirt. And I was like, oh, I wish I knew where my Starlight Express t-shirt was because I'd have put that on because he bought me I a t-shirt. I actually thought about it. wearing a show t-shirt. Oh. But I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't decide which one. And then I couldn't remember where half of them are because, like I say, we're in a 
different house at the moment. So, yeah, yeah that was um, actually I knew uh, from quite early. So I started that in like a November or something, but I was auditioning for it whilst I was doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in like, the summer. So I, I found out like early summer that I'd got Starlight Express and would be starting mm-hmm. later in that year. Um, and I was excited about it because it's a musical and roller skates. So, you know, you were going to learn to roller skate. Yeah. Um, oh, man. That, that, that. We had actually at the time, I don't know if it's been any different, but at the time we had the shortest period of skate school. Oh, really? And rehearsal mixed, yeah. Because like, so usually you get at least a month or two months to learn to skate before you even do any of the show choreography. And I think we had like two weeks to learn how to skate. Luckily, I was okay because I'd like sort of rollerbladed as a kid, but yeah, of course. Obviously, it was different switching, and you had to learn the proper techniques and everything. Something called wonking. Oh, <laughs> which Describe is basically that to us. so when you so when you usually skate, everyone will like just pick their feet up like that, mm-hmm. and 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 so they'll pick them up from underneath their hips and then push forward with yep. their foot. And what you actually have to do is is you pick your foot behind you and you roll through like that. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it generates more speed with uh, less work. So it's called wonking. Fancy. So we'd have this, um, we'd have this uh, skate teacher. He was called Michael Fraley. He had a really annoying uh, <laughs> American accent. He was lovely. He was lovely. But he'd be like, where's your wonking? Come on, <laughs> wonk for me, please. Wonk, 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 you know. And like, and we, and you, and you, learn to do it on carpet as well on purpose so there'd be de- we'd learn on these proper like floors that were smooth for you to skate but then there'd be sessions in the afternoon when you would they'd roll this carpet out and you you had there was if you didn't wonk on carpet you were falling over so it forced you to use the correct yeah, um naked stuff and everything and and that was a really great part about it and then getting on and actually being like the trains and stuff was really cool I did that job for a long time, though. I did it for about 16 months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a long time. And by the end, it was tough uh, because I knew that I, I was bored of the show by then. Like, yeah. uh, there was a lot of politics going on within the company uh, and the cast and everything, which really sort of ruined it. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and it, it did really ruin it because I actually really enjoyed doing the show and it was really good fun. Um, you know, and, and also, I tell you what, not that I ever got massively embarrassed, but it, um, oops, it desensitizes you to falling over on stage. Yeah. My first time falling on uh, over on stage in Starlight Express was um, at the end of the, where all the trains very first introduce themselves. And, you know, you get all the freight is great and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it gets on. And then the international engines, which is what I was, I was the yep. Russian turn of. Um, and they literally, they, they come and front the number at the very end. They come on for the very last. Freight is great. You know, <laughs> they roll forward in front of everyone else, like shh, rolling their arms up. And so everyone else is still on stage. And I was like, great. Oh, no. Straight back up. So like, it wasn't like I was at the front of the stage. There was no way nobody didn't see it. Yeah. But you fall over so many times in that show. Like, oh, I can imagine, yeah. I fell over a few times. I mean, I was definitely one one of the few that fell over the least there were some guys in there like literally only fell over once in the whole like 16 months because wow. they were that good um but 
yeah, I would say of, of the people of my sort of caliber, of like who who'd been it for the first year or maybe like only two years or whatever, um, they I, I fell over like the fewest times. Yeah, but it does desensitize you to it. So then when you fall yeah. over jobs after that, and people are like, "Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed to fell over," I was like, eh, "It doesn't matter." You yeah, know, we fell totally. over, so what? Laugh at it. Um, so that was one good thing to come out of that show. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's such a different show as well, like because of yeah. the roller skating. I mean, it must have took, taken its toll on you a bit. With like, I mean, was it was it harder? Was it more tiring? My legs and my bum grew so much in that show. <laughs> one, uh, listen, at one point, uh, my legs. Well, my legs were so big when I came out of Star Express that in my next job there was about two or three girls who had thinner waists than my thighs. Um, it was ridiculous. No, it was like, cause you're, you're doing all that on the roller skates. So your legs get so heavy. Then you're carrying around the costumes on you, which are like another, like maybe potentially like two stone on top of your own weight and carrying your own skates and stuff. Um, and it was grueling, but we did. And this is like carrying on the, uh, the international theme. We did get to do, um, a period of about seven weeks where we went away. Um, we were really excited because we'd heard rumours that we were going to do... So you remember when it was at um, the Victoria Palace? Mm-hmm. Hang on, was it a Palace or Apollo originally in the West End? I can't remember. But you know, they obviously have the tracks and everything that went around the, the audience and they have that in Germany. Amazing, yeah. So like, I used to get like friends who'd been in it that I'd met in other jobs before me were like, oh, you're not a proper Starlight skater because you haven't done the proper tracks. And we heard that we were going to get the proper tracks and we we're going to be able to do proper races when we went away, uh, away internationally. In the end, wow. it didn't. It was just a bowl that went out into the audience. So it's very d- different, but still good. Yeah. But yeah, we, we got to go to um, Sweden. So we did, uh, and other countries, we did like Gothenburg, um, uh Oh my God, say other um, Swedish cities. Uh, it's that one that, um, where there's ABBA stuff. <laughs> What's it called? Where did we go? Gothenburg. Um, I can't think of that second one. We went to Gothenburg, then we did like Oslo, we did Helsinki, we did uh, Copenhagen. Why can't I think of that second place in Sweden? That's really annoying me. I feel like I need to Google for yeah. places in uh, Sweden. Gothenburg and uh, wh- ah, why can't I think that's really going to annoy Stockholm. me Stockholm Stockholm yes we went to <laughs> Stockholm first and then we went to Gothenburg um cool and and visiting those places and like seeing all the snow and everything and uh was cool I remember going ice skating in Helsinki on a basically like a local sports pitch so you know like here you'd have like a local astroturf pitch or whatever and yeah yeah it just froze over and you and you just they had a little skate higher up and you went off and ice ice skated. Yeah, what was funny was Bombay. though, at that point, yeah, at that point, um, we were so used to skating on roller skates that uh ice skates found uh, felt really funny. But here was the the funniest part was that so in Starlight, you have um obviously rubber stoppers on your on the front of your skates. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, like when you were in venues that were like had no space to gather any speed before you got on stage and you had to come on stage with speed, you had to do something that was called Toto Skate. So what you do is you'd be up on your you'd be standing basically on your tiptoes, but it was on the rubber toe stepper, and you'd mm-hmm. do a step onto one toe stepper, step onto the other, and then big push rolling. 
Um, so and that was so ingrained into you that you know, li- I, I, honestly, some venues you would come off stage and you're going maybe you're going fast, yeah. and and that like the edge of the stage, you come off the edge of the stage and then about you know two foot in front of you is the side stage wall, so you literally had to be like whoom whoom like that, and you had to move because there were four other people behind you. Yeah. So if you crash, they crash, and they're still on stage, sort of things. I mean, so anyway, and and like I say, with the opposite, we're coming on stage with four so you did a total skate so when we went um ice skating on these um parks in in helsinki you got so used to going total skate like that you did it and obviously at the front of the skates they've only got those little jagged bits so yeah. you go total face <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. smack on your face it was a while but that was that was a really really cool experience to do that oh i can imagine very very jealous I've got some roller skates that are like bright pink with rainbows on and bought through the year. I keep determining every summer to get out and train myself uh, again. Yes, well, remember to wonk. I, I shall. Thank you for the tip. Um, so um, after Starlight, um, you went on to doing Our House yeah. um, based on um, the songs from Madness, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Um, so tell us about that. Yeah, I, um, I, it was, that was a cool job. It was cut short and it was really, really sad when it did because we, we, it was a brilliant show, absolutely brilliant show. And we had a cast and company that got on so well and had such a great time together. That doesn't happen often. It's only happened like maybe three times in all the jobs that I've done where you've got a great show that you love and then a great uh, cast that you love. And our house was probably one of the very first experiences of it. Um, and, And if anything, one of my f- most favorite numbers ever to do uh, in any job that I've done was Baggy Trousers. What a song. <laughs> it was also the hardest number I've ever had to do. Oh, really? Pure energy of just like chaotic kids like stamping, but coming out at the end of that number, doing everyone coming from the side of the, each side of the stage, doing like a welcome to the lion's den, temptation's <laughs> on its way. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I got my first little part again in that, which was I played the Scottish boyfriend Callum, which was fun. Um, and what was a, a, a quite a nice compliment was when I went to like Glasgow and Edinburgh, like I came out at stage one and I'm like, oh, oh, you're actually, you're English. What? So I was like, okay, good. So the, the accent sounds decent enough then. You know, if you're going to do an accent and you're pleasing the locals, then you know you're doing That's a pretty decent sense. job. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, got to work with Steve Brookstein, <laughs> um, who who'd not long come out of the X Factor then. And actually, I oh I, I got on quite well with Steve, and we used to go and play golf together, um, like on our days off, like, uh, like during the day before the show, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and and obviously did that with um, Gwyneth Strong, who's who played um, Cassandra in Only Fields and Horses. Oh my God, really? Because I don't remember watching Only Fields as Horses as much as a kid. I remember it. I absolutely remember it, but I didn't remember it that much. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, really cool. It's it's Cassandra from Only Fields as Horses. Recognised her. And it's only like since then that I've watched like uh, um, Only Fields and Horses a couple of times. I'm like, oh, that was really cool that I did. um, Yeah. And she was lovely as well. She was absolutely lovely. Um, Seems nice. Yeah. It's one of my favourite shows ever. Me and Grandad used to watch it all the time. (laughs) <laughs> it's cool. i mean apart from like some of the things that probably would not be able to be said today and, and stuff like it holds yeah. up very well it does so oh that's that's really cool um so did um so why was it cut short though um i don't think we ever 
found out, but um, and it was uh, usually you get a meeting. Like if your job's going to be cut short or something's changing, you'll have a meeting with uh, the producers and stuff, and everyone yeah. will be asked to come on stage. Every department, you know, guys, really sorry, we've had such a great run, but unfortunately we're going to have to close. We literally got a printed email on our notice board in the theatre that we were at. I think we were in Wimbledon, and we didn't see our company manager for about a week after that. Oh she just God. hid. And it was like, oh, so not only are this job being cut short, like you're just really, you're not going to talk to us about it. Um, so and it was rude. a shame. It was a real, real shame. Um, I can't remember why. I don't know why. It was probably down to, um, it was probably down to money, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What was cool about that, though, was that they just literally went, right, guys, anything from the show is up for grabs. The only thing you cannot have is the car. Sweet. You know, from it is the whole like I, I like driving in my car. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally the car. I've I got like um, uh, like office chairs. I I've got a a, a red jacket. Uh, actually, so you know the Stranger Things portraits I did recently. Yes. One in the red jacket and the pink yeah. cap. That red jacket is a Fred Perry jacket that I got from our house. Nice. I got That's so really much sweet. stuff from that. It was really cool. Like people literally took backdrops. And everything like no, anything was up for grabs apart from, um, apart from the car. That's so cool, man. But, and so, it, and it was it was a shame that it got cut short. Yeah, it's obviously if you were enjoying it so much, and because it was the original, it was the original toy. You said so. Did the guys from Madness come along? Well, they'd it? actually done the show in the West End. Oh, I see. Um, so, but we were classed as like original um talkcast because we also did a we also did a short stint at the Birmingham rep for about five weeks so it, it was prestigious in that way because it was at Birmingham rep and then we toured the rest of the way um but I think I think um I was about to say Joe Sugg then not Joe Sugg I think um <laughs> why well, I can't think what he's called now because I've thrown myself Thugs. off by saying Joe Sugg. <laughs> yeah he I, I think he came to see the show but never sort of came back afterwards to say yeah. well done guys or anything like that or um yeah cool we didn't meet any of them oh well you've met plenty of other people yeah <laughs> we'll talk about it anyway um and then the next show i saw you in where you got your first lead yeah the big, um, the big break. never forget the yeah big break the big break that's pretty this cool this is a funny one um because i almost didn't get that job Really? So here's the story. And this this goes to prove if, if anyone's listening here that, you know, thinks that it's about being successful in industries, all about talent. There's a lot of luck involved. Um, I so I auditioned for Never Forget the first round and they said, yeah, great. Um, uh, come back in the afternoon and, and do this for us. Sing this for us. So I, I did. But in between that, I also went and auditioned for a, another show, which was like Spirit of Christmas, that was going to um, uh, Niagara Falls and China. Sweet. Like over the Christmas period. Wow. So I, I did. I did that one. Then I and this was all in the same building. Like luckily, then I went back after that to then do my next bit of Never Forget. And they said, great, okay, we're gonna give you loads of sides now. Um, go away and learn it, da, 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 da. So I said, okay, uh, um, and we'll, we'll call you uh, tomorrow with your uh, recall date. So I said, okay, brilliant, thank you. Um, at that point, I'm thinking, probably it looks like I'm just gonna be like an ensemble cover, you know? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, like, so the next day I get this call from Never Forget going, yeah, we want you to come in, this is the date, da, 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 da. 
we'll see you then. Okay, thanks. Then literally about an hour later or something it was, I got a call from the Spirit of Christmas job saying, yeah, we want you for the job. We think you're brilliant. Um, excellent. Well, we want you. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, said to my agent, I was like, look, Niagara Falls in China, like over Christmas, let's do it. Like, you know, yeah. we'll see what's happening in an industry when I get back. And he was like, yeah, I'm happy with that. If you're happy with that, it's a great three days after that spirit of Christmas called me back and go, we can't get a visa for you. So you can't do the job. And I'm like, <sighs> Oh God. What? Oh my God. So I said to my agent, I was like, look, can we get back in for never forget? Because it's not for another like few days yet. Like we told him, we'd said, Oh, he's not going to continue with it now. So, yeah. so sorry. He's been offered another job and wants to take it. And they were like, yeah, no problem. Anyway. So we rang them up again and managed to get me in again. Um, and by this point, so I did yeah. another, three auditions I think and and uh, so this at this point like the fourth audition and I'd been doing all the dancing and everything like partner work and it was a Karen Bruce show uh, choreography wise which is Karen's work it's always great incredible choreography but is an absolute to do it's so hard like with lifts and stuff and everything and I've been doing all that and then so they broke us halfway through this like what we thought of them was the final audition um, and they went, right, everyone go off and get their scripts. Um, uh, da, da, da. And the director went, uh, Mark, just come here for a second. I said, oh, yeah. He's like, um, can you do me a favor? Can you go and look over at the, um, the Ash Sherwood stuff? Um, we're going to let everyone else come in first. You just, we'll, we'll call you in. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Like <laughs> keeping it cool, but then like walking out of the room and going, oh, oh my, okay. So they're, the they're considering me for lead. I, and but then I thought well don't get too carried away because it might just be for the cover you know they want to see mm -hmm. what I'm like for the cover um uh so like everyone went in and did all their scripts and everything like I was the last one practicing the song practicing the script came back into the this was at the Savoy theatre by then because it was on in the, in the Savoy mm -hmm. um and I, I went for my script a couple of times on stage with the director. Like he gave me direction. He was like, yeah, do this, do that, try that. Oh, this is good. That's good. Excellent. Uh, went over the songs, like worked over that with the MD on stage. Like, so like the panel, the audition panel are watching me like work with him and perform it as well. Um, and, and I got to there um, and then the director came off the stage and the director went to me, just to let you know, I want you for this part. Oh my God. We've got to come in. <laughs> we got to convince these guys, but I want you for this part. You are this part for me. And I was like, okay. He was like, have you, have you ever dyed your hair blonde before? I went, yeah. When I was 16 and he went, oh, how was that? I said, it was awful. <laughs> he was like, oh, good. Um, um, so that was it. Like I walked away from that and I was going, oh my God. Oh, and I tell you what, on this day, I'd, for I'd left my phone at home so I couldn't tell anyone and then oh I also God. had to run over to BBC television center that night because I was performing um for Mamma Mia oh well, uh, I remember watching that on children in need, children and, need yeah. and bearing in mind I hadn't been in Mamma Mia for about no. four and a half years at that point and everyone else who was doing it that night was like oh I haven't done it in ages oh when did you finish the show six months ago oh a year ago I was like oh my god four and a half years ago and <laughs> the track that they gave me was at the front for most of the time. And I was like, oh my God. I don't remember. I think you were wearing like a blue jumpsuit or something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. my mind was going nuts because I was going, I might be considered for a leading part oh in, a, in, a, in a show here. This is ridiculous. And then I'm going, what was the choreography? What was the choreography? <laughs> I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't tell anyone. And by the time I got home, I couldn't tell. 
I couldn't tell my mum and dad until the next day and go, I think I'm being considered for the leading role here. Um, and bless my daddy's usual reaction. She's like, all right, okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> casual as anything. Um, and I did another five auditions before I did that. Before I, before I was actually offered the role, I did five auditions. Like I went in Painful. and did two auditions on my own. I did another audition where lots of different girls came in and I read with them, like did chemistry reads. But at, at this time, they must have known that they wanted me, but yeah. they just wanted to bounce me off everyone else. But they hadn't, they hadn't indicated at any point going, yeah, we definitely want you. And then I did my final audition, which was on my own again, um, still not knowing if it was the final audition, because the final had been at like audition four and we were now on like audition nine or something. Yeah. And I left uh, the audition room and as I was leaving, the director went, oh, Mark, um, brilliant work, obviously great. Like just for next time, um, like let's just keep you a bit more grounded. So like try not to fidget too much with your sheet. So remember that for next time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And I walked out and I was like, oh my God, how is there going to be a next time? Why do you want me or don't you? Um, and then oh. I was on the train home, like literally about two stops away from, from home. Uh, where I was living then yeah. and I got the call from my agent going they want you they want oh. you for this part do you want it and I went yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I don't need to know anything else and what was really funny was um I got into my car at the station then and I turned the radio on and it literally went today this could be oh, yeah. <laughs> day of our lives. And I was like that's like you can't write that it no. sounded so cheesy and then I also went to turn my car on and my battery was flat so I had to sit in my car for an hour and Shit. wait for um and wait for the um wait for the AA to arrive but I oh, did get yeah. to call my mum and dad and say I've got it I'm going to be a leading leading man you know and that was something that I dreamed of since training at college you know that was it like everyone yeah, else is like, oh I just want to do whatever job and I was like no I want to be actually I tell a lie it was a, it was a side dream because my original dream was like two years in the West End and then into a boy band. And obviously, <laughs> what? Ob obviously that didn't happen. What is this? I because never boy bands before. were like the rage then. Like obviously like NSYNC was still like, like were yeah. just being like hot then. Um, and I was like, I want to be in a boy band. Absolutely. But by the time that sort of period rolled around, like two or three years later, like they weren't anything. Cool and then yeah. when they did eventually become popular again and like sort of like, you know, when you're thinking of like JLS and all that sort of stuff. I was then too old, <laughs> so it didn't My really band. work out for me that way. But I got to be part of a, a boy band in the yeah. Forget Musical, and it was just the dream for me. Like I, I, all the attention on me, like not in a kind of like I want all the attention, but like you know, yeah. it felt like payoff for all the hard work that I've been doing in all the other jobs. Um, yeah. To be able to do like ten songs a show and like constantly on stage acting, it also for me felt like a, a, a year at. Uh, training uh, acting school and stuff because I'd never done that much acting on stage before no, not yeah. to that quality anyway you know um and it was yeah <laughs> obviously got to do the show with Sean Williamson Barry oh from God, EastEnders yes. Yes. <laughs> who is a legend he's an absolute legend like literally about a year and a bit later of working with him um I was doing a concert and he was involved in it, it was like Marky do you want to come and stay at mine the night before and I was like yeah why not? And bless him. I didn't, I was on tour at the time, like in Stoke or something and I had to drive to Canterbury and I didn't arrive until like two thirty-three in the morning and he stayed up for me. Oh. Um, but yeah, he was a legend. He was an absolute legend. Um, but a great show, a great show to do. It, had such a great was. time. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I grew up on Take That because my sister loved Take That. So, <laughs> and she had any sort of a music play before I did. So all I heard was Take That 
or my dad listening to the Beatles or whatever, you know. Yeah. So to grow up on take that and then be able to like do their songs and and love them and be a leading man at the same time was it was um yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And and there was talk at the time of it going to um South Africa afterwards, and I was like, I'm in, <laughs> I'm absolutely in. Yeah. So this is the pins coming out again now. Okay. So when I said that obviously no other show I'd been in had gone to Blackpool apart yeah. from Carousel. There was talk at one point that uh, Never Forget was going to do a stint in Blackpool for like two months. And I was like, yes, like I'm coming to my hometown. I'm the leading man in a show. This is going to be incredible. Um, and it fell through. Oh, <laughs> I was, that would have been brilliant. I was, I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. Everyone um, from school. <laughs> you, you know what? Like, like I just part of me wanted to perform in Blackpool anyway. Like, oh. I'll always look out see if there's a Blackpool leg, but there hasn't been in any other tour that I've done. Oh. Problem is, is the kind of shows that I've done have been quite big shows. So, like, they usually will go to like your Liverpool, your Manchester. So, because yeah, that's course. so close to Blackpool, like in the catchment sort of area, they don't tend to take those big shows to like Manchester, Liverpool, and Blackpool. No. Yeah, that so it was so close to be able to return back to my hometown and and be a leading man in a in a sort of take that musical. Um That's such a shame. It's never happened unfortunately, but I had a I had a fantastic time in it and and I was blonde for a year and a yeah. bit. Yeah. Um <laughs> that every hair. 6 weeks I had to find the local hairdressers um and get my hair dyed blonde. Like literally some of them I was sat in those, you know, you see those like big old hairdryers that go over mm -hmm. the heads like mm -hmm. Mars Attacks and be sat in a hairdresser's with a load of old ladies. Like They're like, what What are you dying your hair for? And like, obviously they would always say, there would always be one old lady that would be like, oh, are you gay then? It's like, no, I'm in a show. Uh, and also, why am I gay if I'm dying my hair? <laughs> oh, um, but um, yeah, it was, that was, that was kind of fun being blonde. Um, I've shown Laura pictures of it since and she's like, oh, I don't like it. I don't think I'd fancy yeah. if you had blonde hair. It, uh, yeah, because I've got there's a picture uh, that we had with you um, and one of your other castmates around the back uh, afterwards. Was, and, yeah, uh, was that outside the grapes in yeah, Manchester, which is shut down up now. Again. It's so funny though. Like, yeah, no, you did not see that blonde hair. But, you know. What was quite funny was is though a lot of people came out of the woodwork, like when I was in that show. Like, if we were anywhere near oh, any really? northern venues, a lot of like you know third cousins removed and this that and the other like came out of the woodwork like from nowhere going. <laughs> Oh my God, you're doing brilliant. How are you? Like, I think I've only ever met you once and I was probably six when I did. Like, you know. Oh my God. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, thank you for coming to see me. But I was like, yeah. where were you when I was like, you know, just in the ensemble of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't um, there. <laughs> but, don't worry about that. No, it, yeah, it was. You came to see me and other stuff. Yeah, exactly. No, but it, it was an amazing show. I, I remember watching it and um, like, I remember like a few specific um, scenes, the one with the rain on stage. That was oh, really cool. Yeah, that was fun. And that had to, that was like, you really had to time your walk because it was like this rain curtain and there was always a gap for you yeah. and you had to walk at a certain pace. It didn't follow you. You had to follow the rain. So like there'd be, imagine like this whole screen is the rain falling down. Yeah. And um, it's rain, by the way. <laughs> Um, and and there'd be this tiny little gap and you'd be walking in this gap, you know, God. just so it didn't rain on you because you had your microphone on. Yeah. I had two with being the lead because you'd have usually have two or three as a lead just in case one of them um, shuts down in the middle of a show. They can just transfer you onto the next one sort of thing. So like you couldn't walk, you couldn't get the rain on you because it could damage the equipment. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah. 
so you're you're concentrating on the lyrics you're singing where you are in the rain you know and where you are on stage as well so yeah that was really cool and then obviously it spelled out never forget as well didn't it and oh yeah it did um, yeah oh that was, was really cool that, yeah. i mean it, it smelt cool. sometimes you get to like a you know a thursday in a really bad venue and it stunk because sometimes they'd literally vacuum the water up and pump it back up again it was gross oh, even more incentive not to get caught underneath it yeah exactly <laughs> for sure oh what a great show um, your next show, um, I've not actually heard of before. Girls, Girls Night, Out. Night Out. Played yeah. a gay stripper. Oh, really? And I stripped on stage. Like, <laughs> literally, full on everything off, hands over my bits. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, the first... That's why I haven't heard about it. The, <laughs> first, the first three shows we did, we opened in Newcastle. Um, and it, oh, I remember being terrified on the first one. Because not only were you going... Oh, you know, I've got to remember my lines. Uh, I've got to remember the routines because it was kind of like a, a a full Monty kind of show. Yeah. You know, there was story behind it and scenes and acting and everything, but then there were performance story. routines of them stripping and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and that so like the first three nights were kind of like, oh god, like I'm so aware, super aware that I'm naked on stage here. Yeah. Um, and you did like there was stuff where you turned to the back and you took your hands off, so anyone further upstage than you that's looking down saw everything like the girls yeah. used to laugh at us sometimes they'd go like this ah. um, <laughs> uh, but that was an experience it was like after that like the first few shows like it was just work it was just being on stage it didn't yeah. even register in your head like oh I'm going out to about 900 women to take my clothes off it was really strange the time that it got strange again was when my mum my dad and my grandma came to see the show oh they didn't on my grandma's birthday <laughs> I was like I think I think my dad said he was it felt a bit awkward because it was like obviously like pretty yeah. much the only other men in there in the audience were gay yeah. you know and then you've got a load of screaming women and my dad said like oh, I'm here to see my son <laughs> and my mum as well you know sort of thing and a lot of it was sexual content as well like not obviously the dance routines were like lots of pumping and stuff and everything but like there was there was oh oh it's all right I've got a spare battery I'll have to change I'm gonna keep talking keep talking so yeah it was it was such a strange um it was such a strange one when they came in but apparently my um my mum said my grandma was still there going that's my grandson <laughs> my grandson <laughs> that does not surprise me i know i know i know um it was i'm gonna oh god i'm gonna have to move away two seconds i'm gonna try it's to, okay we can pause um, so yeah like for have have them to um to have them come on my grandma's birthday was very strange very very strange um i yeah <laughs> What that, is she like, though? Of, She's so funny. Very, very real again, but like, you know, also like that show. I tell you what, you know how women say men are disgusting, and I, <laughs> and I'm not going to argue. Men are disgusting. Girls are too. Women are as well. Yeah. You get women out on a Friday night in a show where guys are taking the clothes off, and yeah. I swear sometimes we'd do in the scenes in between you'd get all these drunk women that would be like, "Stop talking, just get your out." And you like, oh, oh okay. You know, obviously I feel so objectified. Yeah, you, st- you still had to do the scene and everything, but like, you were just like, ah, oh, like some of them just got really bored or they'd shout stuff like, why have you still got your socks on? You know, <laughs> like, and it was, that was crazy. But yeah, 
an eye opener, an eye opener when you know you're being heckled at like that, like literally just going. But you'd come out of stage door and like some women would go, oh, "Can I have your jock strap?" And you'd be oh. like, "No, no, you can't." Well, that is what that they they were there for that though for that show. That's that kind of show that you go for for like a Hindu or you know something oh, like absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, right, I should be back on. I'm liking Am the multicolored stripes. Yeah, about channel four, I should get like a little um, sort of ident card, shouldn't I? Where yeah, um, we'll where be back soon. A little girl with a chalkboard. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Right, sorry. Yes, so yeah, that was. It was a good. That was a fun show. It was a good experience to be actually Sounds do a play fun. as well because it was classed as a play and not musicals because we didn't sing. Oh. Um, okay. So it was really good to like sort of get that notch on my CV of, of a play and not just musical theatre because by this point of doing Never Forget and that. I wanted to go in into a bit more of acting and a lot of people told me like um you know people who I work with who'd well there were a couple of tv actors um in girls night out and they were like mate you're really good like when you told me you were like musical theater I thought you were going to be like really over the top and bad but they were like mm. actually you're really naturalistic and you're quite like a little bit like a tv actor um so like I'd, I'd had that sort of like said to me and I've had it said since like when I've worked with people who've only like sort of worked on tv they've gone oh god like you know I thought you'd be much bigger as a musical theater performer like we were acting but like you're really yeah. good sort of thing um so yeah it was nice to get that notch on my cv of doing a play and and kind of go okay this is good now you know I'm, I'm sort of getting on a roll I've like built up to sort of like small parts medium parts leading man mm -hmm. like a main part in a play um you know and then then uh, things got a bit quieter then because I wanted things like that as in mm -hmm. to be a leading man or, or to be a part and whatever so you know that it became a lot tougher then because you start turning down auditions because you go well I don't want to be in the ensemble yeah. there's nothing wrong with it like and I've got plenty of friends who've been in the ensemble like all their career and they've made brilliant careers out of it I yeah. just wanted more yeah I just wanted more Something creatively like in a sense for me stuff so yeah it was it was um that's when it got a bit quieter. So I think I finished that in like the summer of um, 2010, it would have been then. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a, I had such a near miss uh, with Billy Elliot. I almost got the brother in Billy Elliot. Oh. And I, that stung, that stung. Wow. Because I went into my final audition for that. And um, the like everyone, I was the last one in and there were four of us up for that part. And um, everyone literally went in and went scene, scene, song, out. Scene, scene, song, out. Scene, scene, song, out. My turn comes in. Let's do the song first. Okay. And I balls the song up because I'd literally got the song the night before. So my audition was at 11 a.m. in the morning and I got the stuff through at 7.30 the night before. And and the the brother character doesn't really sing anyway. It doesn't necessarily have to be a singer. Yeah. So I, I balls up the singing. I was like, oh, really sorry. Da, 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 da. Um, and then they were like, don't, don't worry, let's do the scene. And I did the scenes like four times each. And the mm. director's going, brilliant. Yeah, let, let's try this way. Let, why not? Yeah, that's interesting that you think about it in that way. Let's play with that. Let's, you know, like we really worked through it. And at this point I'm going, I mean, I'm not saying I've got this, but I've got a really good chance because yeah. he's really working with me and everyone before me has not been in this long. Um, so like that happened. And then as I walked out, the casting director was like, um, oh yeah, great audition. Shame about the song though, wasn't it? Um, and I remember like, like fuming inside um, oh. and, and like, 
eventually, like a couple of weeks later, I found out that this another lad had got it. Um, and I got the feedback from uh, the casting director, <laughs> which you don't always get in our industry. You don't always get. It's just literally like you haven't heard anything. You haven't got it. You yeah. don't know what you did right or wrong. Um, and they just kind of said, oh, yeah, we really thought Mark did a very good audition. We just thought he was a bit nervous on the singing. And I blew my lid at my agent. I went, you need to ring them back now yeah. and tell them the reason why that was is because they gave me the song the night before and i tell you what ever since then if i've ever got anything the night before i've gone i'm not doing it no nope. sorry if i'm yeah. going in to that audition i want to represent me the best that i can and i want to represent you my agent the best that i can i don't want to go in and do a rubbish job yeah. so you tell them they either reschedule me for another day where, where i've got enough time to go over this and do it good for them or i don't go in it yeah, sounds a bit right. like deaverish, but it's like no, no. when when you're in that situation where you've been like like learning it the night before, and it and it you kind of know it, but it's not it's not solidified because you've not had days and days at it, yeah. and you get into those situations. And even the best of us, like in those auditions, I know some brilliant performers who absolutely like get so nervous when they're in auditions, and almost like it stops them from getting jobs because they get so nervous. But they're talented enough. And yeah. on the flip side, you can actually get people who are brilliant at auditions and then they get into the job and they're just, eh. you know, they don't really progress from the, the, the sort of standard that they were in the audition. They don't grow. It's like, so yeah, I've learned, I learned from that. Um, and that it's, it was good because that's a good part. The brother in, in Billy cool, Elliot. Yeah. Um, I mean... But then obviously um, I auditioned for um, Ghost, the musical. Yeah. Which and that's I've, where, I've that, never seen that still. That so. was the audition where I where I re-met my best friend from when I was a kid. Um, uh, yeah, I did all the auditions for it, got down, and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be potentially covering the lead here. Uh, you know, first cover lead. It would have been my very first West End show because that was the sort of credit that eluded me. You know, and everyone at that point was going, oh, you know, you've got to have a West End credit, uh, credit if you're worth your salt sort of thing. <laughs> which annoyed me because I knew at that time that there was people in the West End that was like, they are shocking performers and they're yeah. working in the West End. So that's a load of nonsense. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, first West End credit, you know, really kick up my career sort of thing. Don't mind that it's um, a, a cover because I knew at that point they were going to kind of go down the named route for the lead. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you just have to suck that up um, mm -hmm. as, as bad as it is. Um, uh, and I, so I, yeah, I did the final audition. I was like, okay, I really think I've done a good audition there. Like the director and the um, associate director were the same team that I did Our House for. Oh, now in cool. our, our House, I covered five parts. I basically called covered all the male parts except one in Our House. So I worked with the associate director extensively in the rehearsal period, like constantly, because I was always in because I covered so many parts. Um, so she was the same associate director on, on Ghost. Um, and... Yeah, I thought, okay, I've done a great audition. They've they've loved what I've done here. Like, hopefully, you know, this might be in the bag. And I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. And and I was starting to hear that people were being offered it and had got it. And I was like, oh no, not got it, yeah. not got it. Um. Anyway, I'd heard that, and one person had been offered the show, but had also been offered another show. <laughs> You're like, please take the other one. And they did. They took the other one. And it was a guy I went to college with, actually. Um, 
So I ended up getting the job, but it wasn't what I wanted in a sense of I was given ensemble and then second cover, the best friend. And I was like, mm. when I heard that offer, my heart sank a little bit. I was a bit like, mm. well, that's, that's not what I wanted. And a second cover, like I'm good enough to be a first cover easily, yeah. easily. I've been a leading man in a show. Like, you know, I, I would at least expect if I'm going down the covering route, I would at least expect to be a first cover. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it was basically all that was on offer. And at this point I'd been out of work for about six or seven months and I was like, oh, I need a job, you know, and it is West End. So it's a West End credit, blah, blah, blah. Um, long story short, we did a stint in Manchester. And then at the end of that, the guy who was first cover for the lead was uh, let go by mutual consent. And I remember the day, like, it was really funny actually because he shared a dressing room with me and he came in he was like lads um, I'm not coming to London and we were like shut up Scott like shut up and he was like no, I'm not coming and we were like no 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 seriously because he liked to like he was a proper like dry yeah, comedy yeah. person and he was always brilliant like that and we, he was like I'm lads I'm deadly deadly serious I'm not coming I'm gutted so I, I was like mate I'm so sorry for you and then oh. picked my phone up walked out the door called my agent and went Get me in that audition room now. Get me. Yeah. I sh I should be covering that part. I know it. I know I should be covering that part. Um, and they, I got an audition <laughs> and they said, um, right, we'd like to offer you the cover. And I was like, well, what cover is it? Because I've heard that there's someone else that might have been offered the first cover. And they were like, you're going to be second cover. And I was like, but there's already a second cover. And they were like, uh, okay, well, on your contract, it will say um, third cover, but, but really you'll be second cover. I was like, well, okay. I mean, that's going to be awkward between me and the guy who's the second cover. Yeah. Anyway, then we went into the, um, the, the, like the tech run for the show, which by the way, we did a month of tech run in uh, Manchester because it was such a huge show technically. And then we did two wow. weeks technical run in London as well. So we got into the middle of the technical run in, um, in London and the associate director pulled me aside and she was like, how do you like to be a joint first cover for the lead? And I went, what, what do you mean? She went, well, if there's like a full week off where Richard Fleishman's off, like you'll split the week between each other. And I went, yeah. I said, that's more than you're offering me earlier. So absolutely, yeah. Um, and it turned out that I ended up going on more than the other lad anyway. Um, Sweet. What a show. I mean, you missed the treat there. Like, I honestly don't think, whilst I'm sure like, um, some touring versions would have been good versions. Um, I don't think you'd have seen as, as better cast as, as what we had. Yeah. Casey Levy, who was just incredible. Um, and I, and I got to go on with her a few times and like, she just like, you saw her in the rehearsal room normally and you were like, wow, she's brilliant. We went into previews. She took it up a notch again. You're like, oh God, wow. You know, we went we went into press night and then the first proper shows and you're like, oh my God, she stepped up again. This is ridiculous. And then just being on stage with her and seeing a lot of things that you don't see when you're not on stage. Like I was just like, she's so good. So, so good. And Richard Fleishman, what, like, what a guy. As, like, any time I'd ever covered any roles in any of the shows, I was always like, I can be better than them. I can be better than them. Like, I can go on, I can go on. But, like, covering Richard Fleishman, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm not better than Richard. It was like, mm. okay, I can be just as good as, but, yeah, like, slightly different. Yeah. Um, but, but, wow, what a bar Richard set. Like, that's the bar I've got to reach. You know, that's, that's good, where I've got to hit. Um, what was funny was with that role, like obviously if you're familiar with the story of Ghost, which I'm sure you are, like yes. 
he uh, he dies and then he spends the rest of the film or, or show in this case like trying to help her mm-hmm. and emotionally for this character in this show like it's so draining like your body's tense all the time from like absolute sheer panic as the character and Richard used to come into like warm-ups like the next day and like his hair would be like he'd like face squashed like just like oh he'd be like god rich you're right yeah not sleep well and it wasn't till I got on and did a run of shows as that part that I just went I get it now yeah I feel like I feel like Rita being run over by the tram you know when (laughs) Alan Bradley's running after her honestly I've I've done some pretty hard shows and I've done like that Our House um, Baggy Trousers number, which was a batterer. And I've never felt as dead as as when I went on and woke up the next morning uh, when I I was doing the part in Ghost. But it was a beautiful, beautiful show. What I loved about it as well, the first time I'd ever done a show, like a jukebox musical Mm -hmm. that had almost like film score in it. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before. You know how much I love film score. So yeah. to hear all those film score, everyone's going, oh, I love that lyric on that song where she's like, oh, and I'm like, I, I love that little bit there where there's a bit of tension rising. You just hear this sort of like, and they're like, yeah. never heard that. And I'm like, listen out for it. It's amazing. Yeah. Like it, I, I like that just blew my head. And we, uh, that was my second show that I did where I loved the show and I loved the cast. Like we got on so well, like it was such a great experience. And I remember the last day being absolutely distraught going in and I'd managed to stop myself crying for the whole show and we were getting to the bows because I'm rubbish like literally when I did our house I was so sad that it was over I came on for the opening number which was our house you know our house in the middle You're supposed to be all cheering up and I was like oh <laughs> like absolute rubbish mamma mia you know we were, all the boys were sat in the quick change area backstage before the show like we had a good cry together at the start and we had a good cry at the end and everything some shows I didn't because it was to do with the people and I just like, yeah. get me off this stage. But yeah. um yeah, Ghost was sat there and obviously the stories about love and everything and whatever and all this beautiful music and was sat there at the side of the stage waiting to go on for bows and stuff. And then um, one of the other lads, he was just sat next to me. I was like focusing going, okay, don't cry, don't cry. Not because I wasn't like, oh, it's not manly or anything. I was just like, you know, I, I want to like, not be blinded by my tears and stuff and everything yeah and he just sat beside me and he just put his hand on my shoulder and I just went I went <laughs> and I was gone for the rest of the bows gone oh, absolutely gone um it was a beautiful show I had such a great time I loved covering the part like when I got that call to say I was on I was like it just it filled me with so much happiness like you know it was that shot for me again to show yeah. Um, that I could be lead and actually one of the yeah. nights when I was on um, the Hoff was on uh, the Hoff was in watching oh what but, so, cool. so he came he came to watch not specifically watch me but basically it was a week when Richard Fleishman was off and it, the week was being split by me and the other lad and uh, one of my friends who'd worked at uh, the Hoff um, was like oh I'm gonna go and see Ghost um, and he was like oh well listen my mate's like playing the lead this part of the week go and see him and he's like okay I'll go and see him um, so like met him afterwards and everything, all that sort of stuff. Oh my god! And another time when I was on, Bono was watching as well. Um, didn't get to meet Bono, but yeah, I I absolutely Off loved there. that part. And actually, <laughs> and actually later on, a few years later, I got the opportunity to audition for it again for a tour, but it didn't quite go my way. Um, but yeah, I loved that show. But I, it, it was it was one of it's up there with my top shows to do. I'm um, good. I missed it because I mean the film is amazing. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, is it all original songs or is it pop songs? Original songs written yeah. by Glenn Ballard and um, Dave, um, oh God, what's it called? From Eurythmics, Dave Stewart. Glenn nice. Ballard as well, who wrote Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson, my favorite Michael Jackson song. He was like a character from, you know, Otto in The Simpsons? Yeah. He looked a little bit like him and he'd always walk around. I'd see him often in the sort of gym in central London in Piccadilly and he'd have like this tracksuit, or like just a plain t-shirt, like jogging bottoms like and Converse trainers and then just like a beanie hat on. And he'd be like, hey, Mark, how's it going? And I'd be like, you wrote my favourite Michael Jackson song. Oh my God, that's <laughs> um, insane. Uh, and the, the music was beautiful. And like I say, they used film scoring for it and everything and that just, I was like, yeah. yeah. Thank that'd you. do it for me i'll take that yeah so when you weren't covering the lead were you in the ensemble in the or? ensemble yeah. yeah and i and i got a couple of like little moments like i was um i don't know if you remember the film like vividly but yeah. there's a moment where they're at the bottom of the apartment building and they're buzzing in and the, the building man a builder shouts down he's like shut up like because she's just shouting up and i was that man so i had like three or four lines which was great yes. you know um but other than that ensemble stuff but it was really cool and it was very different um and we had this section where we were ninjas. So all the subway, you know, the get off my train. Yeah. Which yeah. was my best friend who played that. Um, uh, um, that was all done in like ninja suits. So we had like black jumpers, black gloves that went underneath that attached. So you couldn't have any skin showing. Same with the legs that went into black shoes. We had these hoods that came over and we had these mesh um, like balaclavas mm -hmm. with like, it was like noir Spider-Man. Yeah. So they had the eye holes, but then the eye holes was mesh. So the stage was pitch black. So you were, we were lifting people. So they looked like they were floating. Um, cool. And, but obviously we couldn't be seen. Yeah. One time, like it was really technical in a sense of like, if you weren't on your job, someone could get injured. And I did actually get yeah. my head stamped on once with, Gosh. from my best mate who was playing the subway ghost, he had to jump off one of the seats and he had these big clonking DMs on that went bang right onto my head. And I just went like that. And I had a black eye for a week. Oh um, but also when I got to go on as Sam, like the first time I went on, like there was this moment between me and my best mate. Like we had this little, obviously we're both in character, but there was this split second moment of going, oh my God, this is so cool that we're on together. You know, <laughs> it was just brilliant. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. I love that. Such an oh. experience that show, yeah. And then, um, then I left that show and I went on to um, Street of Dreams, the Coronation Street musical, <laughs> which I'd Madness. actually done. I didn't have to audition for that because I'd done loads of recording for the cast album, like that they were releasing before the show. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I literally basically just got off. Yeah, we're really happy with all the work you've done. We've seen you in Never Forget, so we know what you can do. You can be Dennis Tanner, no problem. And I was going to be on the most money that I'd ever been on a week. Oh, really? Wow. But for essentially not really doing much, which was in my head going, yeah, great. Because you never forget, theoretically, for a leading man's wage, I was on like nothing yeah. for what I did, you know. So like the Coronation Street one was like, yeah, OK, well, I've done it the opposite around. So like, fair enough. I'm getting my shot now to not do much and get paid more. Yeah. Brilliant. And we did um, we did two nights at the Manchester Evening News Arena to about 15,000 people over the two nights. And then it oh, just wow. went oh, really? postponed and never to be seen again. And we lost out of money. We were owed money. Um, like I'm talking thousands. Um, and it, it took me a long time to recover from that financially, as you can imagine. Yeah. 
it was it was just a shambles that show we like literally like when people whinge about not getting a dress run in for a show before you open on the very first time i say to people chill out don't worry because yeah. we literally finished we were supposed to go up on the very first night at the men arena at 7 30 we didn't go up until half eight because at 7 30 we were only just finishing the final scene being teched and at that point, there was things that weren't being done properly. I had to run out and go and buy my own show underwear at Marks and Spencer's and get my dinner at the same time. No underwear. Well, you have show underwear that they wash for you and stuff. You don't wear your own underwear. So there you go. That's really? Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you'll usually have yeah, you you you'll usually have like two or three sets of underwear. So because if you have a double show day, like a Wednesday matinee and evening show, yeah, you have two sets of underwear. Yeah. That so makes that's sense. Something you'll always do. Um, cool. A lot of people like like to you know, just wear their own underwear. But I always wear the show underwear because I'm like, if I'm going to be sweating, I don't want to ruin my own underwear, you know. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so like it was ridiculous. At the last minute, we were just putting on this show and like 15,000 people over two nights. We were supposed to go to Dublin the following weekend to do like two or three nights at the at, at the O2. Um, and it just never happened. It's never happened. It all fell apart completely. And then I spent the summer sort of going... God, what am I going to do? I like had to move out of where I was living. I house sat for a friend for a while. Um, and then I auditioned for my next show, which was uh, nine to five. I wish I'd come and seen you in that because I really yeah. want to see it anyway. This is an example where, of where I really loved the show, but actually we had a nightmare with the cast. There was really? such, such a toxic atmosphere in the end because of it started off with like one or two people and then it just spreads and... Mm. It was difficult, but the show, however, was good. You know, I got, I got to be playing a part again. I mm-hmm. had like three or four scenes where I played the love interest of the main woman. Uh, I had a song with her as well. It was lovely. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I met my wife. That's where you met, met Laura? That's where I met her. And she wasn't originally even supposed to be on it. She was only supposed to be working, um, assisting the supervisor for like, of, of wardrobe for like, a couple of weeks and they just kept saying we need you a bit longer need you a bit longer need you a bit longer and in the end we she went they went can you just stay <laughs> by which this point we'd been on like maybe three or four dates and she was like oh my god well i want to stay because there's a boy but should i stay because there's a boy you know Aww. um and the rest is history we're now married obviously That's um so sweet. yeah it was it was a good show it is a good show that unfortunately for us the experience was sort of like tarnished by people in it <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, like I say, well. like, it doesn't always click, you know, no. of all the jobs that I've done, I say only three jobs where I've, I've had great cast and great show. It doesn't happen often. No, Sometimes you can get a great, great cast and the show doesn't, isn't quite good, i.e. Coronation Street, Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so we I did that for a year. That was, that was fun. Um, there was talk of it at that point going into the West End and I was like, okay, good. You know, I could potentially get a West End credit again and be mm-hmm. a part. Um, but that didn't, nothing came to sort of fruition with that. And then I spent a horribly long time at work. I think it was just over a year and a half, um, which was quite tough because I was auditioning for things and just getting nowhere. Like I was like, what's going on here? Like I've literally pretty much worked nonstop my whole career. And now I can't even get past the first round of an audition. This is crazy. Uh, it, it's my age now like I'm in that weird bracket of like you know too old to be a younger part too young to be an older part like and then I kind of look a little bit younger for my age as well so Mm -hmm. yeah I really struggled um like put on weight had no sort of like motivation to keep myself fit because I was just like 
what's the point yeah yeah i didn't at any point like sort of like doubt my ability but i doubted the industry going well why are they not why am i not at least getting to the finals of auditions and getting that close like it just wasn't happening um but eventually i i am i got the call to to do the audition for bodyguard um i only did two auditions for the bodyguard my god i went in and i and i um and i sat down and did my first audition which was essentially kind of like me and you talking and then doing a bit of script work in the middle mm-hmm. and the, the the associate director was the associate director from chitty chitty bang bang so he knew me oh. what was funny though was that i when i was in chitty chitty bang bang i thought that associate director hated me i did not think he liked me at all so when I turned up to the audition, the audition like, I was like, oh, oh great. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, another job not gotten. And he was like, he was like, oh my God, I've seen your career since we worked together on Chitty Chitty Bang Man. You've done so well. I heard you got the lead and never forget. Like, oh. um, I never came to see it, but I heard incredible things about you. I, I've heard incredible things about you from um, Sharon D. Clark, um, who, who you work with on Ghost and everything. And like, she was like, you look like you've been doing really well. Like, you know, anyway, let's do the scene work. And, um, you know, so I did the scene a couple of times and then they called me in for one more audition to do a couple of script work. And it was basically the same again. Um, and that was it. I got the call going, yeah, do you want it? Starts in January. Um, oh my God. And that was it. So after being out of work for about a year and a half. Suddenly everything's clicked. Yeah. Again. And it was a UK tour. There were, at that time, there was a very small murmur of it going into the West End. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you always go on a UK tour and it's like, oh, there's you know, possibly going into West End. It happens like every time. You're like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, but it did eventually after about, mm-hmm. I, I did that for a year and I was an acting swing on it. So I wasn't on stage every night, um, but I covered five parts. So I could go on for any of those parts. So much. One of them including the bodyguard as well. Yeah. Um, there was only like one or two male parts that I didn't cover in it. Um, and I didn't get on for about six months. Really? So you're waiting in the dressing room and the longer and longer it goes on, you're like, I knew what I was doing. And it was very likely that the first part I was going to go on for was an FBI agent called Ray Court. And it's probably one of the hardest parts I've had to do. Not because it's like emotionally difficult or, you know, physically difficult. The jargon that he had to say was mm. so tongue twisting. And it was one of those ones where if you lose it, it's really hard to get back into. Yeah. And I knew that was probably going to be likely that was the first part I was going to go on for. And it wasn't until, so we started in January and I didn't go on until June. Oh my God. Yeah. That's and painful. It was, and it, yeah. So, and then eventually like after that, it was like, don't never stop going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And actually the very first time that I got on for, so I did that for a year and then I decided to stay on for another year. Cause I was like, well, I've been out of work for two years. I need to sort of like catch up on finances yeah. here. So yeah. I, I went, I said, yeah, I'll stay in for the second year. And there was talk of it then. It wasn't definite, but it had massively grown that it was going to go into the West End. So I was like, well, okay, yeah. Um. Anyway, so we started the second year and literally the first week, like it was like a Thursday night or something. And we got almost to the end of the show. There's only like three or four scenes left. And I, and I hear this running up the stairs. We're in Belfast. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh God, who's that in the corridor? It was the associate director. And he was like, sorry, it was the resident director. And he came up and he was like, Mark, Mark, you're on, you're on. And I was like, oh, what, my name is Ray, the FBI agent. He was like, no, 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 you're on for Frank, the bodyguard. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why? Because I was second cover as well. And he was oh, like, wow. well, basically the first cover played the FBI agent. Yes. So they were like, yeah. they've seen him in the scenes now. So 
it will confuse the audience too much. So you've got to go on. So I like, you know, run downstairs and just stood there like in my underwear, people like fixing a mic on. Cause obviously the show <laughs> stopped at this point due to technical difficulties, the show will start. Da, 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 da. Um, and I'm just stood there. Like people are putting costume on me and they're going, I right, remember this, remember that. Don't forget that that line's down. You've got to be stood there because it's dangerous because that thing falls. So if you're in the wrong place, you're going to injure yourself. Like, and just staying calm. It was like one of those moments, you know, you see in films where it's like someone stood there and everyone's, all going, the way. <laughs> everyone's going around and they're just like, yeah. Um, and I went on and I did the last four scenes. Amazing. <laughs> and I got a massive clap from the audience. Cause of course, like everyone like hates that, like when things change and stuff, but yeah. when you're in the audience and you see someone change and someone's been like thrown on at the last second, like they're on your side. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, of course. Anyway, I, I did eventually get to go on again for like two shows of, as the bodyguard and Laura got to see me do it, thankfully. Um, when we were eventually in the West End with uh, at the Dominion with it, um, which was good. It was a great experience. And I probably got one of my, like, so obviously like any other work, you do a secret Santa, wouldn't you, at work? Yeah. Um, and we did a secret Santa at bodyguard and Beverly Knight pulled out my name. Beverly Knight? Oh my God. Best secret Santa present I have ever got and probably will ever get she got me and because we talked about it because I knew she worked with Guy Chambers who used to write with Robbie Williams I used to chat to her about it all the time I was like oh da 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 and at at that time Robbie Williams had just come out with his new album um um, heavy heavy entertainment show Mm mm-hmm so I'd said to her, oh my God, like these are, these songs are like back to Robbie as we know him, you know, we're talking, yeah. I've been expecting you, um, uh, so, uh, so, uh, songs when you're winning, sing when you're winning, all that sort of stuff. And so we had talks about it. I was like, oh, have you ever met Robbie? And she's like, yeah, I met him a couple of times. Like I mainly work with Guy, but I've met Robbie quite a lot. Like, da, da, da. And we used to have chats about it. Um. Anyway, so I pulled my present out of the secret Santa and it's a, a double LP of Robbie Williams latest album heavy entertainment show signed by Robbie Williams oh. and Guy Chambers and I was like oh bless her heart this is that's incredible so sweet like, I, I, that, that's the best secret Santa present I've ever got and probably ever will get yeah um, yeah so we we did that and we did the sort of saw that over Christmas and we finished in early January in um at the, uh, the Dominion Theatre in the West End and then we had about a month's break and then we went to Toronto and we did three and a half months in Toronto. So jealous of that. Yeah, which was, uh, it was such a good experience. I it loved was- it. Like we were put up in these beautiful apartments. I was in like a 19th floor apartment that, you know, would be the equivalent of say, you know, um, Canary Wharf in in London. Yeah. Um, and it was free. We didn't have to pay for it. Like it was all being paid for us. We had per diems, like which I saved so much of. <laughs> Cause I didn't really go out and spend, I did things, don't get me wrong. I wasn't boring, but instead of going out every night and buying expensive drinks, yeah. I stayed in and I, I went to a liquor store and bought like a bottle of gin every week, Yeah, maybe twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, and actually, even though that cost, it saved me way more money. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't too frivolous or I saved it for when Laura came to visit and I saved yeah, it for experience and stuff, got to go and see Niagara Falls. Um, by the way, it was about minus 10 when I went to Niagara Falls oh and God. and it was misty and snowing. So you couldn't really see anything. Imagine. Now, we were saying to the locals, oh, it's a shame that it's not good weather. And they're like, no, no, no. It's very, very, very rarely like this. You've actually experienced it in a different way that not many people will. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't see anything. I'll have to send you later a video of me and Laura stood by it, like because it's just 
can't see anything. There's Niagara Falls. Um, but yeah, so we got to experience like proper Canada, like minus 18 um, temperatures, like full on snow and no one panicking about it when it did snow, you know, it just yeah. snowed. I was walking yeah. home at night after the Very show. Much. It was like, you know, minus 10, minus 15. And, and I was just loving it. I had my big old coat on that I bought, like I spent a lot of money on it. Cause I was like, I want to be warm, but properly warm. Cause obviously when you go to these places that have that kind of extreme weather, they have the heaters on inside. So yeah. I was like, I don't want to be, you know, wearing 50,000 layers and have to strip off every time I go inside somewhere to yeah. then put it all back on again. I was like, I want something that's going to literally, if I'm wearing a t-shirt and this big jacket is going to keep me warm. And it did. Um, so I'd stroll home every night. Most people, they have these um, like under um, underground walkways that like mm -hmm. you can literally walk the whole of the center of the city. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I, I think the only other time I went, down there was to get like there was some bagel shops and stuff that I love but that was right by the theater like I never walked in the underground bit because I was like I want to experience this cold like yeah you know. and then obviously of course like I said I got to go and see um I got to sort of rekindle my love with basketball and, and watched the Toronto Raptors play in the NBA I got to manage I got to watch quite a few games which I absolutely loved and it's still going strong now I still love um basketball now uh, NBA and getting into it and everything but yeah, it was just, I'd love to go back to Toronto. I'd love to go back to Toronto. It was such a great city. And actually, you know what's weird is, well, it's not weird, and you'll probably, you might know this, a lot of films film, like, right by where my theatre was. So I yeah. might be watching films now and I go, oh, my God, it's Dunder Square. Like, that's, yeah. that's it's Young Street. That's where we were, you know. Um, it's the same. I've like, walked um, down that sea. <laughs> <laughs> I, know exactly, I know exactly what it's the same in Vancouver, because obviously I was there for a year. And again, Canada is just amazing. Completely opposite sides where you were. But Vancouver is used loads for New yeah. York and it's one, used in a lot of TV shows. So the, the one thing I, I regret not doing is maybe perhaps going somewhere like out out in the yeah. countryside to see those stunning landscapes. Like I never got that far. Like, but it was that was kind of a thing where it's like, well, okay, you're gonna have to hire a car and go out there for like you know, that's going to be like a four hour drive and da, 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 da. So I never really got around to it. That's the one thing I regretted from it. But yeah. You should that definitely was... go back because there's so much to see. Yeah. Like, I mean, at, to be fair, like I didn't see a lot of the, um, the mountainy areas when I was living there. It's just when I went back to visit my friend because he was in uh, Banff. And oh, okay, he yeah. did like, um, we skiing. did a little road trip. Skiing. Well, yeah, I know that's the thing, like, because um, he's a big snowboarder and um, we, um, but I went in the summer, <laughs> so, right. but yeah. um, we did like a road trip from Banff to Jasper and the, all the amazing waterfalls we saw and, and glaciers and things. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So you should go back. Um, yeah, Toronto was sort of like the end of the bodyguard journey for me because I wanted to progress in the cast, i.e. move up. Um, but the, the, the management weren't having any of it really so um yeah it, it ended i think the tour went on to china or something and i didn't go Fair so yeah that was i mean and then i spent two years at work really struggling like i was teaching kids drama like every other weekend like just about scraping enough money by to get my like rent and pay bills um not really able to do much else so i don't know why i proposed to laura in that time <laughs> and agreed and agreed to do the wedding then um and, and we got married at the um end of uh, 2018 <clears throat> it was 
was a nice little wedding. 26th of November. Oh, it was beautiful. And and we looked out that day, like either side in a November, either side of that day, it was grey and drizzly. Our day was beautiful. Um, I don't mean the wedding day. That obviously was, but I mean, weather-wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, and then like, so like literally there was like, get that. We went on our mini moon to Manchester. And then I was just kind of like, let's see what happens in January. Like, you know, hopefully there'll be, at that point there was this, um, obviously I went as a waitress but at mm-hmm. that point I'd heard that everyone had been offered waitress there was no way I was getting it and I hadn't been seen they'd not even bothered to see me oh really anyway yeah I know I was gutted um anyway my agent called me like early Janice like maybe 10th of Jan or something like that around then and she said um um would you be up for being a swing in in waitress like they they need someone it'd be an urgent start so I said yeah okay it was like it was like a Thursday mm-hmm. um and she went, okay, cool, great, because it's a West End show. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. And, and you know, hopefully we can progress in another contract, but let's talk about that when, you know, the bridge comes sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so she went, okay, I'll let you know. Anyway, the next week she called me and was like, right, uh, they want to see you on Monday at this time. Um, here's the sides and everything I got sent over from um, via email, like as in the sides of like scripts and music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're obviously a swing but they want to see you possibly for a cover earl who's the husband mm-hmm. uh, cover cal who's the diner manager and cover old joe who's like the 70 year old man <laughs> <laughs> wow. so i went i went in on the first day it was a monday i went in and i did my song that i prepared for it which i sang um breeze off the river from the full monty don't know if you mm-hmm. know it there's a breeze off the river through oh, the yeah. crack in the window pane um so I sang that and then they were like okay great let's hear your let's hear the earls let's do the let's do the um old joe stuff so I read the old man stuff and then did the song and everything great 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 let's do the cal stuff like they were laughing brilliant great okay let's do the earl stuff um so we did the scene a couple of times I'm like yeah great oh try this Da-da-da-da. then literally sang his song great thank you um just to let you know this will be an urgent start so we'll we'll keep you updated I said okay fine Literally, like an hour later, I'm walking home. Yeah, you got to go in tomorrow. I think at that point they'd seen about twenty of us, maybe a little less. Yeah. On the Monday, the next day I came in and there were three of us, and I was like, okay, this is getting close. Now. Bearing in mind, I had, I'd had nothing. Like, I'd, I'd not even had a second round for anything. Like in these two years. Yeah. I, and and at this point, I was like, what can I do? Yeah. Like, yeah. again, never lost doubt in my own ability, but I was like, what, what is it they want from me? What is it? Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so Tuesday, three of us, and we, okay, we're going to see you move today, guys. So we did, like, some movement and stuff. Uh, then we had to do lifts with the um, associate choreographer. Um, and they were like, great. Oh, then, then, like, so bearing in mind in an audition, if you ever do dance routines, you'll usually learn it with the whole of the room so it's probably about 20 of you in there maybe 40 depends on the kind of audition and then they'll break it down into half the room so one half does it and the other half stands at the side and then the next half does it and vice versa then they'll go right we're going to see you um in smaller groups now usually around four people and they'll do it in alphabetical order w great Um, (laughs) and uh, by by the way just just side note on that w being at the end of the um auditions i re-auditioned for nine to five when it went into the west end Mm -hmm. and i didn't even get past that round uh, of dancing and i was and i and my 
it was it was a hard routine when I did it the original time. Then when I did it, I was a lot older. Oh, it was like two or three years older. I hadn't had my um, I hadn't had like done any exercise really. So my legs were like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> anyway, so I didn't get it, and I was up for the same part that I played. That's ridiculous. They didn't see me do any sides or singing or anything. They literally tested my dancing first, and I didn't get it. Anyway, so W three of us in the room and and the choreographer the associate choreographer jokes and she went so we're going to do it all three of you at the same time a couple of times and then you're going to do it one by one and we all went <laughs> yeah, yeah of course and she was like no no you're all going to do it one by one so we, i went first and then uh, another lad did it he botched it up and um, the next lad did it he botched it up but not as bad and i was like oh, okay well i've definitely done it the best there like not even yeah. sure i've done it great but i've definitely done it better than those two um <laughs> Um, and then, so they were like, thank you. Great. Um, can you come in again tomorrow? So like, we'll, 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 we'll let you know the time later on today. Okay, sure, sure, sure. W uh, walked in and it's literally me and the lad who didn't bodge it up as much as the other lads. Yeah. There's two of us now. Oh my God. And we are auditioning in the same building where they're rehearsing. They'd started rehearsals. They were in week two of rehearsals at this point so all the cast are coming out and they're going oh hi nice to meet you like oh are you two auditioning for this track and we're like yeah 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 yeah. like you're like oh come on don't don't need this because like yeah. you can feel them going mm, who's gonna get it yeah and then and then also like i knew a few people in the cast already because i'd worked with them or trained with them um and the other lad did as well but obviously in your head when you're going i really want this job i haven't worked in two years this is um, this is money. This is a West End job. This is also on my on the photography side of things for me. I knew Jack McBray was in it. I knew Catherine yeah. McPhee was in it. And I was like, if I can get in this job and I can get photo shoots with them, that's going to do me wonders. Mm -hmm. you know? So there was a lot at stake. There was a yeah, lot on the guy. line. And so I'm seeing this guy like, I'm like, he knows more people than me. Oh no, he's going to get it because he knows more people than me. It's never a factor. Should it's not be about that, yeah. Well, it's not a factor. No. The, the the casting panel would never go. Oh well, he knows more people. They don't care no. about that. But when you're in that position where you're going, I yeah. need this job. I need this job. It bothers you. You're going. He knows. I think he said hello to like five people, and I've only said hello to three people. <laughs> so we sat outside, and I hear him go in, and I hear him do it, and I was like, oh, okay, that was quite good. I think I can do it better. I can definitely do it better. So yeah. I go in and I do my stuff and like in and, in and out of the scenes a couple of times. Like, and I didn't do the old man stuff this time. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. I was like, oh, is that, is that a no then? Because actually with being an older person, surely they'd want one of the eldest people in the, in the cast to cover the older part. Yeah. As much as I don't look like I'm 70. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but I did the Earl stuff like more that time. So I was like, okay, right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I did the audition and, and finished it. And they were like, thanks, we'll let you know. That was it. Thursday, didn't hear anything. Immediate start, by the way. Yeah. Friday, didn't hear anything. And I, and I spoke, I rang my agent in the afternoon. I said, listen, I'm, a, I'm assuming it was a, you know, close but no cigar. Like, yeah. it's Friday now. Surely they have said it. She was like, no, we've not heard anything. And we know the agent of the other lad and they've not heard anything either. Okay. So I was like, okay. And at this point, I'm going, this is meaning too much to me now. I've got to get it out of my head and like, you know, just, need to know. just forget about it. <clears throat> anyway, so Saturday, Sunday, you're not going to hear anything because yeah. uh, offices aren't open and stuff. Monday, like I'm I'm like, right, if I don't hear anything today, that's it. I've not got it. No way. Because they said urgent start and they'd surely be starting this week because it opens yeah. with its preview soon. 
Um, and I come back from the gym, like I've just trudged all the way back up the hill, like I'm dead. I've done hit training on the treadmill and I get the call from my agent and I'm literally going, oh God, right, it's my agent, okay. And I needed a second just to go like, please, please don't be a, it's not gone your way this time. And I just went, yeah. hi, Stephen. <clears throat> and he went, oh, hi, Mark. Um, so I've got some news and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh when am I going to get a job again? And he went, yeah. uh, they need you to come in to start rehearsals today. Oh my God. And I was like, does that mean I've got it? And he was like, yeah, you've got it. You've been offered it. This is what they offered. Obviously, this is going to be really quick. You're not going to get a lot of time to think about this and what they're offering. This is it. Go. Like, he was like, I'm going to yes, go no. away. I'm going to give you an hour. Have a think about it, what you want to do. Obviously, it's West End. You're covering. I know it's not ideal. I know you don't want to swing, but it's West End original cast. Da, 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 da. And I just went, okay. And I put the phone down. I went, I'm stupid if I don't take this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm stupid. What you uh, but, And I through. just had that moment. And it, this sounds dramatic, but I kind of collapsed. Uh, my legs just went like, <laughs> it's not like really, really dramatic, but my, I kind of just lost my foot in and, and sort of went. And Laura came running in the room and she was, she'd been working this whole time. Like she works in wardrobe, obviously. She'd yeah. been working on Harry Potter. So yeah. luckily she was in and not working. And <laughs> um, yeah, she was like, have you got it? And I was like, yes, I've got it. And she was like, oh my God, so when do you start? And I'm like, this afternoon. And I was like, I can't start this afternoon. I I, I need to get, stu- I had like teaching that I was supposed to do in that weekend. Um, I had stuff to sort out. So I, I said to my agent, I rang him back and I went, yes, I absolutely want it. I went, can I start tomorrow though? Like, can, will they let yeah. me start tomorrow? And there's a, like a lot of stuff that I need to sort out. Um, And he was like, Absolutely. He was like, you're starting tomorrow. I'm going to tell them like you're starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask them. You're starting tomorrow. Um, yeah. So that was it then. Like me and Laura went out and celebrated with some Prosecco and a burger. Ooh. And then <laughs> off I went to rehearsals the next day and like to ke- play catch up uh, as a swing, like, cause the other swings had had two weeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two weeks more than me to get going on it. And I'd missed like all the, um, all the vocal calls. So like the first, sort of four or five days of four days of rehearsals that they had was all vocal calls so you're just sat in a room all day and you're going over each line of the harmony for every mm-hmm. sort of um group of, of of males and females and i missed out on all that so mm-hmm. i had to literally learn it by getting the tracks off other people or grabbing the M, uh, md musical director whenever i could and she'd be like oh can, can you bash out this line for me and i'll just get it noted down yeah i had to do a lot of learning on my own like yeah it was crazy um Anyway, eventually I caught up, I got on stage and, you know, uh, and, and I was sort of integrated. Um, I mean, obviously I started performing when everyone else did, like I had, yeah. it wasn't that far in, but yeah. Um, and then I was just waiting for that one cover to get, I'd been on for, so I covered three male ensemble tracks that I could go on for at any time if they were ill or took mm-hmm. holiday. Uh, and then I covered uh, Cal, the diner manager and Earl, the husband. And I went on for, every single one before Earl and that was the one I wanted that was the one I wanted to go for and actually the time I went for Cal I'd only done a couple of rehearsals for it I'd not even done a full technical rehearsal I'd not even done a full dress rehearsal and on the Friday on this Friday night randomly they were like I think you're gonna have to go on tomorrow and I was like well okay I'll just have to get through it. Like, so I woke up in the morning and I was in the theatre at 10 a.m. Bearing in mind, you don't need to be in until one o'clock on on a double show day, Saturday. 
and I was like in in there going over the stuff and they they called me at 11 o'clock going you're on can you make your way to the theater please we need to go over stuff with you and I was like I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> and they were like oh my god like we'll be there in half an hour so I literally rehearsed through all the scenes in a bar in the theater nice. went on and did a, a one or two technical things that I needed to do because of safety mm-hmm. and that was it I was on I was being cal and and he has like an apron yeah in the show and I had all these like show notes in my apron. So he has his own little <laughs> diner, as you saw, and he's doing all this yeah. busy, busy stuff. So like anytime I needed to be busy, busy, I was like going into my apron and pulling out the paper going, what's my next cue? Okay, slam <laughs> oh the thingy God. down. Okay, yeah, that's what I was doing because I'd never rehearsed it properly. And it was a really awkward part in a sense of where you wouldn't do anything for ages and then you'd come in on a cue. Like, so yeah. it was really hard. So that was my first attention. experience of that role. And after I'd done all my tracks and everything, I was just waiting. I just wanted to get on for Earl. I desperately, desperately wanted to get on for Earl because actually going back into the rehearsal period, I'd been there for about three or four days and the lad who played Earl um, was like injured halfway through the second scene that he was on for as Earl. And I'm there like taking pictures of the real, uh, is everyone mind if I take pictures? Yeah. Taking pictures and I'm going, oh, he's making some interesting acting choices here. <laughs> No, I think he's actually in pain. Yep, he's in pain. Okay, I'm going to have to go on. So they literally <laughs> went, he sort of like crawled out the room going, I'm really sorry, everyone. And they literally just have to go like, um, we, we've got to carry on. We've got no time. And they and I, I no one asked me and I just went, I've got to step in. So yeah. I went all over to the side of the room. I got my scripts. And I was like, da, 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 da. I know what I'm doing. Bang. And I went on and I did that first, um, well, uh, one little tiny scene in the first half and then, Obviously, you've seen the show, like when he yeah. pulls her from the wedding and he's like, you're hiding money from me. Yeah. And he loses his, like, so, yeah, I just had to go on. And I'd been there for like four days or something like ridiculous. Um, and and I loved that because that for me, my introduction back to performing after not doing anything for two years was that mix of excitement and adrenaline rush of going, I'm bricking my pants here. Oh my God, this is so much fun. Do you know what I mean? And to do that, like in the rehearsal period, in front of all the producers like anyone to do with the show with any department were there because it's like yeah. the it's the end of rehearsal room run that everyone has to see to see where the show is and how it's all going mm-hmm. and everything so I got to step on and it's like not only was it you know sometimes you have to step in in normal like rehearsals anyway but yeah. like to step in at that point was like a that could have gone really bad yeah you <laughs> luckily for me you it, it went it went really really well and, and that for me yeah was like a look I can do this I can yeah. play this part like you know um anyway so eventually I got to go on and I and it was I loved it and then that you know when you go on for parts like that as a cover that you love and you know you can do really well when you're then not on like the following night or whenever you're not on you kind of like you hit this downer of just going yeah okay yeah and 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 then I would just always look forward to the next time and I got on for that and I got on a lot. I got on a lot with Lucy Jones. I got on with Kat McPhee. I mm-hmm. got on with Sarah Bareilles. Um, so cool. I actually got on with one of the other cover girls as well, um, which was really cool. There was only one girl that I didn't, uh, two people, sorry, that I didn't get to go on with. But one was um, Sarah O'Connor, who was one of the covers, and she was a swing with me as well. Mm-hmm. And we'd actually been paired together a lot for the rehearsals when we rehearsed all the Earl and Jenna stuff. But we never actually got to go on together in an actual performance 
And then a girl who came over from Broadway, uh, sorry, the U US tour randomly wow. when we had all our Jenners that were ill and she was flown over. We, we had to cancel the shows on a Saturday night and then the Monday she was on. Um, and wow. I, never got to, I never got to go on with her. Not as Earl, but I got on with her as Cal. The first time yeah. I met her was literally like, I was in the diner as Cal and she she um, she was doing her Jenna stuff. Like she wrote on an, uh, the, you know, the check orders thing and she went, yeah. hi, I'm Desi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. First time you're meeting someone properly, like, and you're on stage in character. Um, but yeah, really and good. and and I just loved going on for that part every time. It was well, it's a bit different to everything else, isn't it? Very different. He was a and that's why I loved it so. so much because you know it was something that I'd never been seen doing. My agent came to see it. Who my agent I'd worked with on Mamma Mia. She was my dance captain on Mamma Mia. And then she was my resident director. I'll never forget. So she'd known me in the capacity of being an ensemble mm -hmm. member with a little part in Mamma Mia. And then she'd known me being a leading man with doing full on acting, singing and dancing. And she knew how good I was. And that's why she took me on as a, um, that's why she took me on as um, a client because she knew what I could do. Um, yeah. But when she came to see me as ill, she was like, I did not know you could do that. Like, yeah, I remember um, your mum well, saw you doing she that She hated part it. And she, she hated, hated me. It. Yeah. She absolutely hated me. But yeah. then she hated when people booed me at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we didn't see you doing that bit. That yeah. What, what Was I on in the ensemble when you came to see it? Or, yeah. 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 It was, I, I just loved doing it because it was something different. It's very, it was a very gritty role and, and a very 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 rare type of role that you would get in yeah. musical theater oh yeah um to to play something like that and i just absolutely loved it and i desperately desperately wanted to go on for it all the time and i wanted to get on for with sarah Borellis because i was desperate to show what i could do you know they'd yeah, heard good things about me but like i'd never got on to show how i could do it and i just loved it it was such a great role uh, and i really really missed it um i don't i'm not going to be doing it in the tour i don't know how exclusive well it doesn't matter because i'm not doing it i'm not saying who is doing <laughs> it but i'm i unfortunately i'm not doing it and i'm gutted and when i got that call to say that i wasn't going to be doing it for the tour i was that stung that stung massively it still stings a little bit now because i was like i felt like i had unfinished business with that part like i wanted to do it outright well it was for me. taken from you like it was quite sure you know like, yeah the that virus. was the unfortunate thing about covid and obviously that brings us up to date doesn't it that yeah the west end just completely shut down we were told yeah on, that like mon monday the 16th of march we were told like government said that theaters can remain open but people shouldn't go so we're closing not closing they were just saying there's no there's no show go tonight yeah. go home we'll let you know each and every day what's going on and obviously nothing ever happened then because then the following week, like seven days later was when we went into full on lockdown. And it's, we knew that the show was supposed to be closing in July, ready to go onto a UK tour in the November or something. Mm -hmm. So we were like, the longer this goes on, like the less chance we're going to come back and the show's actually officially going to close. And it did. So you didn't get that, that last <laughs> moment, that closing night. And yeah. And then that takes us on to the last job, which I put on my CV for you, which was, uh, covid <laughs> pandemic musical uh, yep. playing the part of struggling actor and photographer yeah <laughs> pretty much and that's it really i mean as of this time now there's actually for the first time a little bit of hope because with the roadmap and everything from the government yes. um 
it's looking more and more likely that theatre is going to be, you know, hopefully up and running at least a little bit mm-hmm. um, in in June. Um, I hope so. Maybe even May. I don't think it's suddenly going to go to, you know, like every single West End theatre open and, you know, full no. capacity and stuff. But, you know, I'm hoping, I just hope it can get up and running soon so then there'll be more jobs for there and I'm not going to spend another, you know, two years out of work from now waiting to get another job again. Do you know what I mean? Because I felt like I was on a good run yeah, you know, exactly. with waitress and stuff. So, Are there, are there like auditions happening at all? Or I haven't had it at the moment, but I know there are, but it's very... Yeah. It's very specific. And also a lot of people who would have been in contracts for shows might be staying on or given like an extension to see out their contract, if you will, the time that was left on it. So, and then of course, not many people are going to want to leave their jobs. Now, usually like people will be like, oh yeah, I've I've done this job now. It's great. You know, I've had a great time, but I want to move on. Whereas most people are like, well, I don't know, you know, if there's going to be stopping and starting or whatever, or so it's just. It's always quite an uncertain like job area to work in anyway but now it's just really highlighted it and made it even worse it's really tough like the theater industry an entertainment industry any sort of live entertainment industry has been hit one of the hardest if not the hardest um i know i know people have complained about like hospitality and stuff and like pubs but there were times when they were allowed to open or at least allowed to sell takeaways but you know there was one moment in November where or just before lockdown where shows were starting again with um socially distanced audiences and stuff but it didn't last long it lasted about a week and that was it then it didn't even get chance to get on its feet really um and there's a lot being done from big producers and stuff within the theatre industry to try and put all the safety uh protocols in for covid Unfortunately, yeah. it's just an industry that relies on a large amount of people sitting in an area to, yeah. to do it. So I just don't think it's it's going to be a while before it gets back to normal, you know, how we knew it, how like when you came to see me and Waitress, like, or even when you went to see Back to the Future, you know, it's going to be a long time. I don't think it's going to be until at least next year until it's assembled, something like that, yeah. which I'm being realistic with, I'm not being pessimistic with, because I want my industry to pick up again. I want to be in a job. I'm just trying to think realistic and think like it might be a while yet, which is why I do my photography, you know, and and hopefully try and rely on that to get me money. Because when you're an actor, there's times when you're out of work a lot. (laughs) Exactly. Well, well, tell us about your photography business. How long have you been doing it for now? It's been a while now. Picked up my first camera when I was... um, in Ghost, sorry, I just knocked over my water bottle. I uh, picked up my first camera, I was in Ghost, so about 2011, mm-hmm. um, like my first proper, proper camera. Uh, and I just kind of went, I'm going to learn how to do this properly. I'm going to shoot on manual. Like I've got an expensive machine in my hand. I don't want to just stick it on auto and pretend I'm a photographer. Yeah. If I've offended anyone if, if by that, but it's shoot on manual, fair. not auto, because you're not a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway that's a big old debate um but yeah and so I just learned how to do it and over the years um tried to sort of like uh, invest in it and everything to be my side business and actually weirdly it's not until now well I got in when I got into waitress I did portraits of the of the cast obviously yeah um, you know which was great I got to shoot with Jack McBrayer very cool 
Hollywood. He's in 30 Rock. He's in films like um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, he pops up all over the place in US sitcoms, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, what a lovely man. What a lovely man. And I think I said it. this on your previous podcast, didn't I? He was actually named yeah. Hollywood's nicest man. And he is. He's absolutely lovely. So yeah, I got to shoot him, got to shoot people like, you know, Gavin Creel, who's obviously a Broadway and West End star. Shot with Lucy Jones, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Sugg. <laughs> um, Bless him. Uh, yeah, so that kind of really helped push me out there a little bit. Definitely. And it's not since like we've been into lockdown and I've been able to, I built a little mini studio in my garage at the place we were living before where we are now and started to really play around with my lights and stuff. Uh, started to build a little bit of momentum by doing a lot of free shoots, which then brought attention to me, which then brought business. We then had to move. Uh, I rebuilt uh, the same little space in a, the spare room. Uh, well, it's not even the spare room. It's the main room of the house that we're living in now. We're, we're, we're sleeping in the spare room. Oh my God. Um, however, I have given Laura all the, like pretty much all the wardrobe space. I basically got just two little I mini drawers. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. That was a fair sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so weirdly, like I've been shooting in here now, obviously not when it's been in lockdown, but the times when I was allowed to, I was, and I've been picking up a little bit of business and, and starting to really gain momentum with it, which has been stifled by the lockdowns. Um, and I'm, I've held interest as of now. So I'm just mm -hmm. hoping that, you know, once we get, once this roadmap starts to clear the way that I can pick up again and really start to sort of like earn my money so that you know, I can be in charge of my work and when I can shoot and stuff. And if I get an audition come in, I can sort of reschedule the shoot or whatever. So yeah. it was just the sideline business that I wanted because I did the mm -hmm. usuals like working in a bar or working for promotional companies, handing out yeah. leaflets, all sorts of stuff I did. And I just, I hated it because I, you know, it's not what I wanted to do. Like I wasn't creatively fulfilled. Um, I didn't want to be told by a boss that was like, you know, six, seven years younger than me what to do. Yeah. So when I was even even doing jobs that I didn't want to do, I still worked hard at it. Yeah, of you course. Know, so when you're when you're getting a person who's got something up them because you're older than them and they think that you're cocky or something like that or whatever. So they they try and poke you constantly because they're like, well, they're older than me and they think they know better. So I'm going to show them that I'm the manager and I'm going to abuse my power. Yeah. Didn't want any of that. And no. that's why I've focused it? hard on my photography so that I don't have to deal with you people. Have to like do that. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. do you think it would always be like just a sideline business or do you think you would want to do it full time? Absolutely, just sideline business. I'll yeah. grow it as much as I can Yeah. and I'll keep pushing and working on it because I want to grow and I want to get better. But, you know, my first love and my first job is acting and, and that's what I want to do, you know. Of course. I can earn, I can actually earn way more money in a week doing photography like potentially yeah. if i fill all my slots in a week than i've ever earned on a show and well, i mean and and you earn you good money fulfilled. you earn good money being in a show yeah um I, well i well i i would be i would be creatively fulfilled but i want the other creative oh, no. i want the other creativity <laughs> and i haven't got a spare battery now as well um, um so i've gone rainbow but yeah um yeah it's um it's going to be a sideline because i want to keep okay. performing and acting as long as i can basically it's to support my acting yeah exactly you know when i sense. can earn money when i'm out of acting and i can earn extra pocket money when i'm in acting and hopefully shoot some famous people <laughs> which is fun yeah really fun really fun okay 
Well, like you can, you can still, can you still talk without without the video? Is it just the video that's broken? Yeah, I can still talk. Yeah. All right. Well, screw I don't it then. Because <laughs> um, there's like a few like questions and stuff I still wanted to go through anyway, which we'll just use yeah, as like fine. as um shorter questions now because obviously we have been on for two and a half hours. When you said I'm actually quite yeah. pleased that the batteries have lasted that long. So that's I know good. it's impressive. I was like, yeah, we won't be on for three hours this time, but um, you've got a lot <laughs> of stories to tell. So <laughs> I chat too much. Yeah, I've been told that. So, um, so you know, we talked about uh, photographing famous people. So you've worked with a lot of famous people over the yeah. years. Um, yeah. So who would you say has been the most famous person you've worked with? If we're Turk uh, Turkin, if we're talking on on terms of like stature, it depends because I would probably say someone like Jack McBrayer because he's a Hollywood man. He's done Hollywood films and stuff, you know. Yeah. But it depends because, you know, you work with people in the musical theatre industry that are famous. And, and you know, to a lot of people who've never seen Jack McBrayer in anything, I could say, you know, he's the most famous person I've shot. But they'd be like, who? No, yeah. No, no. Oh, I've shot Lucy Jones. Oh, my God, you shot Lucy Jones. Yeah, you know, perspective. And I'm sorry it? if you are listening, uh, Lucy. <laughs> uh, I love you. We and love you are Lucy. Lucy Jones. You are brilliant. But let's be honest, Jack McBrayer is more famous than you. So, um, cool. So Jack for sure. Yeah, I, probably I would, Jack. Jack. I, would say. I mean, Who's... if we're talking, if we're talking oh, like social media wise, obviously it would be Joe Sugg because he's got Sook, five yeah. million followers. But um, yeah, Jack McBrayer has no social media, <laughs> so yeah. that didn't help. But it was really cool to shoot him. Really cool. I bet. Yeah. And um, who uh, is the nicest famous person you've worked with? All the most fun. Well, Jack was really funny. Yeah. Jack was really funny. One moment I remember, one of them, like, I mean, we got to see him do re the rehearsals for Ogie in Waitress. And you know, when you, you know, when you see, I'm sure you'll do this, when you get to like a comedy series and you go, oh, I wonder if they've got an outtakes like video on YouTube yeah. or whatever, or, you know, the Friends, is it on, is it outtakes on Friends DVD or whatever? Yeah. Um, We got to watch him doing outtakes, like trying stuff out in a scene. And it was just so good to watch. That's like so amazing cool. of of him just like fearlessly going, I'm going to try this gag in my head. That was rubbish. Carry on. Next one. Da, 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 da. No sort of like, oh, beating just himself ripping. up. Just punch that wall to get the gag right or to at least get a handful of gags that he goes, okay, that's my, they're my weapons now. I know I can use any of those. Um, But he was, yeah, he was lovely. And and one of the first things he, he like in, a, in a, just a conversation with me and him, um, that really made me laugh was we were we were talking about something. I think I mentioned the NBA or something, and he went, uh, and then he mentioned Blake Griffin, who's a player for the um, uh, Detroit Pistons. But he was like, oh yeah, so me and Blake Griffin. I was like, oh yeah, just pick that name up there. That you <laughs> and he went, no, no, I want you to see it. it there. And I was like, oh my god, that's a brilliant response. Like that's hilarious. Like I love it. How has no one ever said that before? That's brilliant. It's a great so, and he response. was lovely. Like, I mean, he sent you a birthday message, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. Thank you very he, much for he'd that. Do, he'd do stuff like that. You know, he was just, you know, or like a couple of the people in, in our cast had kids and he'd, so he'd, um, he'd call them up and leave a voice note as Fix-It Felix from um, Wreck-It Ralph. He was lovely. Um, Sounded really cool. I always thought Ashley Roberts was a good laugh as well. Yeah, she, take herself seriously like 
she was really good fun. She was a bit of a chump, you know. She was. When really did good. you work with Ashley? On waitress. On waitress as well. Yeah, she came, and obviously we we um we worked with Blake Harrison, as in um, Neil from the Inbetweeners. Um, but oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of nice people. It just it depends, you know. Lucy Jones is absolutely lovely. She's a really good laugh. Um, Joe was actually a really nice lad. Really lovely. Had a lot of time for you. Like I say, he, he agreed to do the photo shoot for me. Like probably bugged him so many times. He was like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> shut up. All right, I'll shoot you. Fine. You know, and, and when I'd ask him to like repost any of my images and stuff that we shot together or, you know, I'm posting this one up tonight. Can you mention yeah. it on your, you know, he, he was really helpful with that sort of stuff. So I'm just mentioning everyone who was in Waitress now, aren't I? Yeah, it's just because it's fresh in your mind. Worked with a lot of nice people. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, switching it from people you've met then, who is, who would, well, first of all, who would be your favourite actor within, you know, the musical theatre world, within, within theatre? Oh, hard. Because I know who your real favourite actor is. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You know, we sprung to my mind then before you said musical theatre because I was thinking you were thinking theatre, um, yeah. and I was—it's not musical theatre, but Mark Rylance. Mark, um, he's amazing. Did you ever see him in Jerusalem? No. Ah, <laughs> oh, I watched. It's like a three-hour play with like two intervals, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it at the theatre that it was in. Can't remember what theatre it was in now. Uh, and I was on like the third tier in a box right at the side of the stage, like hanging over the box, like craning, like really hurting my ribs, mm-hmm. but mesmerized by his performance, just mesmerized. Um, and I've seen him in, so that was um, called Jerusalem and he was unbelievable in it. Unbelievable. Um, I just remember walking away, being blown away by him. And that had like Mackenzie Crook in and a load of other great actors. And yeah. he just, he just absolutely topped them. And imagine he, like... He, he doesn't seem to cap, capture I think he does just hold, like when he's on screen, he just holds the screen. So I can imagine in things, a like, He manages to do as an actor, like little subtleties of movement and stuff like that, that, you know, another actor, yes. you could be like, oh, stop trying too hard. Like you're going into too much detail for the sake of going into too much detail. But you yeah. just feel like when he does it, it's like a natural process that he's not even thought about. It's just yeah. happening. You know, it's like it's almost like he's soaking up the character so much that that character is thinking for his body, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I saw him in Jerusalem and then I saw him in Libet as well, where when he first comes out in that play, he has a half an hour monologue. He comes wow. out. And oh, my God. And he, he did it with... Um, I've forgotten the actor's name now, but he plays Niles in Fraser. Oh, um, um, oh my God. Yeah, I can't think. Oh, David? It, yeah, David? anyway, he, yeah. It, like he was on stage with him and on the only sort of interjections he's doing is kind of like, oh, uh, oh, yeah. And this this, um, this monologue goes on for a half an hour. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He was so good. That's and then re- most recently, I, it was like a, a play about fishing in like, manitoba or minnesota or something like that or whatever and mm. again he was just i was like surely he can't be this good I'm, i think i'm like glorifying him in my head like how good he is and then i watched it and was just like nope he's really that good he's really that good that's really um, cool. i do need to go and see more plays so i have to see a lot of musical theater generally but there are a lot of good plays out there yeah yeah 
he would be cool to see. But I, yeah, I can't think musical theatre wise to be honest. No, that's all right. I'll take I'll take Mark Rylance as a theatre actor. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, obviously, you, you've talked already about the favourite shows that you've done. So, yeah. um, if you could do any show that you haven't done, what would it be? Either catch me if you can. Oh, is that on the, as a show? I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, it's that. a musical. Really? Never. Have you never heard of it? Yeah. No. It's never been in the UK. Um, cool. it, it was in Germany and Broadway. Mm. Um, but there's a cast recording of it. You'll probably find it on um, oh, yeah, uh, iTunes. Um, and there's a brilliant song in it called Goodbye that he sings, as in the the um, Frank Abagnale character. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, that he sings Goodbye. And it's all about him saying, I've had enough now. That's it. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, you know, handing myself in and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love that film anyway. What a film. Yeah. What a film. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's in that's in my top ten films. I think uh, on my YouTube channel when I did my video for my top yeah, ten films, it was um, that or something like Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh yeah, always a well, not always a role I wanted to play. When I was at college, I suddenly found out that I could do like um um you know like rock screaming like the why should I die? Yeah. but being like why like proper high <laughs> um. I suddenly discovered that I could do that. So I was like, oh my God, yeah, I can do that. Oh, Jesus is a really cool part in Jesus Christ Superstar. Then as I got a bit older and I started to get into my acting a little bit more, I was like, no, 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 no. Judas yes. is the better part. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I've always wanted to do it ever since, but. That would be really cool. I don't, think I'd ever, I don't think I'd ever get anywhere near auditioning for it because I'm not a known enough person within the musical theatre industry. And roles like that usually go to people who are the current, you know, in people, the, oh, really? the sort of like latest flavour, yeah. Um, mm. However, the last few times I've seen it being done, I haven't seen it for years, but there was one that was recently at the Barbican where apparently the guy playing it was um, ridiculous. And I've heard the recordings of him and it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can have, yeah, fine, you can have the role over me, that's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so probably probably like Catch Me If You Can or Jesus Christ Superstar, Judas. Nice. So, but to go and see then, what would be your favourite show to go and see? Like, what's your favourite show ever, your favourite musical ever? I never think about, like, going to shows, you know. Like, if I, if I think... If I think something's maybe, like, supposed to be a good show, I might go and see it. But I I honestly would prefer to go to the cinema. Yeah. Over and, and and one reason why is because it's not because I hate my industry. I love it, obviously, because I do it and I'm in it. Well, not obviously because I do it. I love it because I love it. But I find it difficult to go and see a show yeah. without sort of uh, like being critical about it. Yeah. Breaking it down and going, mm, why have they made that choice? Well, that's yeah. not very good. Oh, God, they're awful. Or, oh, oh, oh that's an interest. I can't. Take I can't the fun out switch of it. off. I find it difficult. I take it. I find it really difficult to switch off. So that's why I don't really think about uh, going as much. Um, Trying to think, like if I'd love to go and see something, I probably would like to go and see Catch Me If You Can. Um, I would love to possibly potentially see, um, you know, a go. I'd love to have gone and seen Ghost, which I did, but I'd love to go back now and see Ghost of Casey and Richard in it again. And yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that's it. I can't really think of anything. <laughs> I'm rubbish. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, I mean, okay then. There, there are my, uh, my basic fan questions that people would want to know from you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so obviously, you know, going into the future with, with COVID, you know, so what do you, what, what do you see happening in the next year? Well, I think, like I said before, like I don't, I can't see the theatre industry getting back to normal. No until at least halfway through next year like normal as close to normal normal as possible yeah um i think it's going to be a long 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 time before we get to normal as we remember it um so i don't know like i I, i'm it sounds like i'm being really pessimistic about the industry getting up and running i'm actually i'm optimistic and i want it up and running and i'm happy but i also understand that it has to be safe you know um so yeah I, th- I think it's been a while i think for me i've just got a hope that it can get up and running again soon and something comes out that i'm going to be you know eligible right. for yeah and it's going to be right for me and i'm going to be able to do and i've just got hope that i'm lucky enough that that something comes along because you know it doesn't matter how talented you are or how many jobs you've done like sometimes it's, it's not about but i think a lot of people just like to look at it for the you know, potential famous people that I've shot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's that. My YouTube channel for my photography is just Mark Wilshire Photography. Um, if, if that's what you type in in the um, search bar, obviously I can give the links to you, Mercedes. Yeah. Um, and my second one is Mark Wilshire Actor and Tog. So if you're listening to this, you're probably more bothered about the musical theatre side of things or theatre side of things. So that one, Mark Wilshire, actor and Tog. Tog is basically short for photographer, for any of you that don't know. Um, that channel is a lot of um, like behind the scenes of Waitress and stuff or interviews or, you know, behind the scenes, small behind the scenes um, videos of, of shoots that I've done with people. Um, but mainly I think I've done a day in the life of a waitress swinging one of them, which is like goes through the whole day of everything that happens. That's cool. Um, yeah. Like I did my very first vlog that I did with it. Um, I think someone said to me when I was doing all those and I've got my vlog camera, which I use today, which is now made me look like a rainbow or the channel four girl. <laughs> um, when I bought it, people were going to me, Oh, why, why have you spent that money? You know, like you, you just, you just jump in on a craze because Joe Sugg was in the show at the time, you know, so like a a few people bought cameras. A lot of people have sort of phased off now and aren't doing it anymore, you know, but I'm still going with mine and realized how much I remembered. I loved it because I, uh, when I did Goosebumps as a kid, I was earning money and I bought myself a camcorder. So I used to like film like fake TV shows, like fake adverts, like record myself, mini films and all that stuff. And I really, really loved it. So when I first started my youtube channel for all this and i like, had my vlog camera i just went oh my god i've forgotten how much i love doing this like the editing process the the filming process the getting the ideas all that sort of stuff yeah. so that's my uh mark wilshire action tog page um and then if you want to follow me on twitter i'm just at mark wilshire i'm not hugely active on twitter because um you know I don't really it's not really doing anything for my photography so I'm not on it as often but but yeah so um and that's it really I don't think I have any I mean if you want to follow me on TikTok I'm on it Uh, I think I've just changed my username so I'd be Mark Wilshire photography but um yeah that's I think that's everything. I think it's covered and everything. Can't people um, buy a little video message from you as well? On, um, oh, yes, I am on Cameo. Cameo, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a Cameo since like April or May or something. 
I, I opened it up and told people that I was on Cameo and then I got like about three or four Cameos. I was like, oh yeah, brilliant. This is great. And then I haven't had any since. And, and some people now just message me on Instagram, just go, oh, can you send a video to my mate? It's a birthday. I'm like, can you yeah. go on Cameo? <laughs> <laughs> Pay for it, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, you know, because like how, like when that sort of stuff happens, you part of you is like, well, I don't want to look like a horrible person. Yeah. But at the same time, like, um, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So there you go, folks. Um, for your, uh, your next birthday present or your Mother's Day present. Cameo. <laughs> cool. Well, um, we'll, we'll round it off there as um, yeah. we have been on for almost the three hours. We said we oh, weren't well. going to do. Um, and we haven't really talked much about film and TV, which I wanted to do, but yeah. <laughs> lots of other time. Well, we're, I'm coming back again, aren't I, for Stranger Things? Yes, we are going to re-watch Stranger Things before Ooh. the new season, and then we're going to chat. Oh my God, yes, that sounds... You, as in, I'm watching it as well, or are you just saying you and Jamie are going to watch it? Oh, he won't watch it, he's not into it. I'm okay, going to watch right. it, you're going to watch it. Yeah, so sounds we'll good. Talk. I'm up for that. Um, And you need to watch Vision. Oh yes, I'm starting that tomorrow. Good. I can't good. wait. I have been excited. I know you think I'm being rubbish, but I've waited because I know now that I can watch a couple of episodes a night now this week so that by the time it gets to Friday and that last episode's out, I'll be watching it. You'll be there with me. You'll be like, you'll have to message me each time something significant happens. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm already hearing stuff because some of the podcasts and stuff I'm listening to, like the Scrubs one, they constantly talk about it on their things going, oh, did you watch One Division? I'm like, please don't oh, say no, anything. Spoilers. They can't hear me, obviously, but I'm going, no, don't say anything. <laughs> and to, to their credit, they are very good. They they show that they've absolutely loved it and that something crazy happened, but they don't say what or, you know, what affects it, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I've heard brilliant things. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. You really. will love it. You will love it. Yeah. I promise you that. Right, dude. Well, thank you Great. very much for being on tonight. Um, thank you for having me. And sorry I turned space. into a rainbow in the end. Don't worry. I like it. It adds to it. I might just edit a little picture of you there or something. Yeah, put a headshot of me on or something. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. I will do. Right, well, you get back to your, your lovely wife now. <laughs> All right. She's probably asleep now. Probably asleep. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, Mark, thank you very much. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye.